welcome to the Sports Carnage Podcast, presented by Detroit Sports Nation, featuring Paul Roshan, A.J. Riley, Ryan Griffin, and Matthew Bassett, bringing you the most arrogant takes on the planet straight to your ears. We don't promise to always be right, but we promise to act like we are. What up, webheads? Along with AJ Riley, Paul Roshan, Ryan Griffin, I'm Matt Bass, and welcome to Sports Carnage. Uh, we are on the cusp of a national champion. And fellas, if I'd have told you between the two games that there was a 21 point beatdown, I have a feeling that all four of us would have picked that that was definitely going to be Alabama over Notre Dame. But hey, no, can we can we wait a second? Tied. Can we say Happy New Year to our webhead listeners? Happy New Year. I. I I suppose. Can we say Happy New Year to each other? Yeah, Happy New Year, guys. We can say Happy New Year to each other. Yeah, Happy New Year. I don't know about our listeners. I, I I assume that half our listeners are in federal prison right now for storming the Capitol. Oh, gosh, get out me. of here. <laughs> you had to go there. We were trying to get away from that today, and you brought it up. You just swept it right in. All right, fine. Happy so New one Year one to of, One of them had the, had the camp shirt on. Yeah. <laughs> It is. It has been an exciting year. It, it has, and I mean, haven't heard of no, twenty twenty one yet. No, sports has no, been. No, this lit. New Year sucks, bro. Sports on, has on been New Year's lit. Eve. They told us an MF Doom died. Oh, that was the most trash way to end slash start a year Stuff in happened. history. Sorry. It was. It's par for the course for twenty twenty. But, but, but then we got the great news that Kim it and Kanye not, are getting divorced. Twenty 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 one to overtime. Maybe, <laughs> maybe they don't know yet. Oh, they don't know if they're getting divorced. No, they're undecided. They might fix things. They're figuring it out. Depends on which money they're, they can get out probably, of this deal first. They're probably getting divorced. <laughs> they're trying to figure out which one is worth more at this point. It's probably Kim, honestly. Uh, probably. I mean, her sister's worth more than both of them. So, Kylie, Kim. the little one or the the no, other? No, Kylie. One? Kylie's a billionaire. Yeah, yeah. the little one. The yeah, the, this, the makeup one. Soon. Yeah. Everyone else is playing catch up. And she didn't even have to make a sex tape. She's so lucky. <laughs> No, she just got. Uh, she just had her sister was famous. She, yeah, she like, just oh. got to read the rewards and just. I. It's impressive from a very young age too, man. Yeah, yeah and then she had a mom and a dad, and then a mom and a dad and a mom. <laughs> and, and, yeah, she's got a lot of moms now. I don't know if she has a dad. Oh my gosh, weird. All right, back. To Where sports. does We're not even three minutes into this, this and completely <laughs> off the track. <laughs> no, it's minutes. sports related. Listen, Lamar Odom. Okay, this comes back to sports. Oh my gosh. Lamar Odom I mean, hasn't Bruce been Jenner relevant was an in ten years. You know, so it does. Yeah, but that was before we were alive, and when he was still a man. So it's it's kind of like a different. That's time. Right. Can he can he go compete in like the triathlon in the new Olympics on the women's side? I don't know. Isn't he like seventy years old? That would not. Doesn't matter. Go I'm pretty well. sure he could still. Like, is at least, is you there know, like a senior Olympic? represent the country? I I think putting to the test seventy year old man versus like twenty three year old peak woman in the Olympics like we could finally put this gender dispute to rest. Hang right? on, now golf is a part of the Olympics now. He's a pretty good uh, golfer. We can put him with, in uh, there. Let's have to do with Caitlyn Jenner. Uh, yeah, because <laughs> <laughs> Bruce Jenner, Caitlyn Jenner is a pretty good golfer. So back to the national oh, I championship. And, and, and I don't know if you watch the LPGA, but the Americans aren't all that great at it lately. We've been getting our ass kicked by the Japanese and the South Koreans for a long time on the golf course. Yeah. So football national championship. I don't think I've ever heard of a of a good woman American golfer. You know, you hear like Michelle Wee and these other. Oh, what's uh, what's Tiger, Tiger's niece, right? Isn't she pretty good? 
Uh, Tiger, ha- sure. Tiger has a niece. I don't. How would he have a I'm niece? I'm sure he has a niece. That's a professional golfer. I mean, is he has siblings? I, I didn't. I, I didn't know Tiger had oh. siblings. No, no I, don't, I, I thought he I had somebody. He, I don't think he, he very well th- might. I just didn't know that. I don't think he does. Oh, here, Google no Tiger Woods' niece, Cheyenne Woods. Oh yeah, yeah and like Uncle, yep, yeah, mm. yeah. Mm. My bad. You're right. I knew her. that name definitely sounds. She, she has not achieved victory on the highest tour in women's golf. But she's there. Now it's been a while since 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 you know Americans have been that great at golf. A lot of the great golfers have come to America for college and right. then stayed and dominated the LPGA tour. Yeah, but like Sonic, like uh, Annika Sorenstan, and uh, she's Swedish, and Lorena Ochoa, she's Mexican. Like, and then you got well, we... all the different Lees and Kims and all that that came from japan and from south korea yeah and they just been dominating anyway can we get back to well, what we supposed to be talking well, no, about because we we got our lead topic now is this a year <laughs> cheyenne woods breaks through i'm gonna go out on a limb i'm gonna say, say yes no. I, wow <laughs> <laughs> you know it's sad that you said 21 points too because i'm still mad that alabama didn't cover uh yeah, and they, they were on the verge of it, and then you know for whatever reason Nick Saban I, I, they, just they controlled the game start to finish, and then oh, yeah. decided they were just going to throw a little bone just like, for fun. Yeah, they they didn't want to embarrass Notre Dame any more than they've already been embarrassed in every single one they, of their big bowl games that they've been I, in listen, over the last ten years. Which brings See, up an Dabble, interesting point. Do Dabble, you think that Brian Kelly was justified in his answers in the press conference? Where he's like, I think "Why do you Dabble keep asking me about the?" Because you keep losing. Are, Big. I think those are fireable comments in his presser. But I think they whatever. were legitimate questions. Like, why can your team not win on a New Year's Day bowl? And he's like, why do you keep asking that they, question? They were legit <laughs> questions. I we'll keep. I understand. We'll keep asking them as long as like you that. keep losing. Like, what is it? Like they're zero and eight or something like that since two thousand. Well, didn't and they've lost by more well, than I mean, 14 he, points. He, he wasn't every there one for of all of them. He was not. He, you're you're he, correct. Yeah. But still. Oh, I don't have the comments in front of me, but he basically said we covered the spread. We didn't play that bad. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> I mean, so I, he, he was basically telling you, like, it's better for us to get here and lose than for us not to get here at all. Yeah, that's basically. Which, which if and you're I the agree. coach in Notre Dame. I, I agree, too, but if you're the coach of Notre Dame, your expectation should be, like, to win the national Yeah, but play. no, not if, you're, See, not like, if that's the goal of your program, that's Ryan. Not so my not if that's is, the goal of your program. That is the goal of their program. So they don't have a conference No, we win. don't build programs to win championships. So here's the thing. Well, you don't. <laughs> <laughs> what? Listen, motherfucker. None of that. What pisses me off is, so, what? It's not funny. It's bullshit. Notre Dame didn't belong in the playoff. And everyone knew that Notre yes, Dame did. did not belong in the playoff. They absolutely didn't belong in the playoff. They yeah, literally, literally, in literally in the playoff because a quarterback not on their team got COVID. It's the only reason they're in the playoff. They had their playoff game. They had their playoff game in the ACC championship. And if they scraped by with the loss, if they played with any modicum of goddamn decency in the ACC championship game, I would say, okay, like maybe they deserve to get in. They got their ass handed to them from opening whistle to closing whistle, absolutely embarrassed in the biggest game they've had in decades. Like outside, the Wait, only who, game Notre they've Dame? had that big, the only game they've had that big in 30 years was the national title game no, that's against not Alabama. True. I mean, they, they played the another on, playoff game. Not, yeah, they, they played the another playoff and too. got embarrassed by Clemson. Another playoff that they didn't deserve to be in. Weren't they undefeated that year? You're not leaving undefeated Notre Dame out of the playoff. Yeah, you're not. 
No, I agree you couldn't have left them out. But okay, they were only so undefeated they because be of a soft-ass schedule. I said they didn't deserve to be there. Are we talking about they the national championship? to be there. But no, you're not, yeah. not going to leave no, them out. No, we're talking about no, the they, they were in the, the playoff, playoff a couple years ago. When they, they played a schedule against literally oh, yeah, nobody yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And, and ran the team. But no, anyway, you lobby to get into this game, right? You're like, no, we, we, we know that we got our ass kicked in what should have been our playoff game, but we should be in the final four anyways. And then you completely expose your ass and show everybody why you shouldn't have been there. Why a team like threat. Cincinnati deserved a shot or Texas A&M no, deserved a shot. You, they had Both of those teams had way better arguments than they Notre didn't. Dame did. Why, why do you keep saying no? We, could, because we already saw the Texas A&M-Alabama movie. Alabama wiped the floor with Texas A&M. I didn't want to see that again. Yeah, Jimbo Fisher. And Texas, and a, Texas A&M wasn't going up to three. They were going to stay at four. They were going to get waxed by Alabama again. And then so we saw Cincinnati Notre lose to Dame, Georgia. Notre Dame is allowed in the playoff with Clemson, who kicked their ass. But Texas A&M isn't allowed in the playoff because Alabama kicked their ass. That makes a lot of sense, buddy. Well, Alabama's way better than Texas A&M and Clemson. And Clemson's way better than Notre Dame. Right, I, which is why point? they both got in. It's, it's even, it's even worse. At least Texas A&M lost, got their ass kicked by the number one team in the country. And the <laughs> Notre Dame lost to number two, and they beat them before. They they beat them with god dang no quarterback. Half their team out with hey, god dang COVID. Don't you don't you besmirch DJ Uangale like that? That boy is gonna be. Wasn't well, he like gonna number three fine. in the Heisman he's next not, year? They're saying this year. Third best odds for the Heisman next year. Oh great! Someone's got to play quarterback at Clemson. 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 <laughs> it, it is absurd to think that Notre Dame deserved to spot. Because they scraped by against Clemson. They deserved it more than anybody else. But there was no, no clear they cut They deserved it four. more than Cincinnati that ran the table and actually yes. played yes. defense and beat the and shit what, out what of them. What happened to Cincinnati? Played? What happened to them? What do you mean what happened to them? They lost their bowl game played, too. When they played a real team, what happened? Oh my fucking God, dude. So they deserved to be there. They wouldn't have got fucking butchered by Alabama. There was no clear cut number four going into the playoffs this year. There was exactly. You have this, an argument again, for Notre Dame. Notre you have an argument great. for A and M. You have an argument for Cincinnati. You have an argument for Oklahoma. But there was know. no you clear could've, cut you could've, number could've, four. Well, yes and no. I mean, which is why the playoff doesn't go to eight because teams four through eight all suck. I don't know about. I don't know if I go so far. Yeah, as except suck. the what year I would that the fourth ranked team won the title. Yeah, but here's the deal with once? with Notre Dame. They lost. The ACC championship game pretty handily. They lost like, it to, bad. to me, that they puts them on the lowest rung of teams qualified for that four spot. Texas A&M got, you know, whooped by Alabama Texas earlier A&M in the year. Texas A&M destroyed everyone all year. They lost to Alabama in week three. Dude. Right, that's what I'm saying. Week three. Earlier in the year. So like, that, come on. I, I think when you they, talk yeah, about. Yeah, they got whooped by the number one team in the country in week <sighs> three and then kicked the shit out of everybody else that they played. Right, and but when you talk about like a clear, like if you're looking at ranking those teams that could have been in that four spot, I truly believe that this year Cincinnati was the most deserving four seed team. And right yeah, behind them the would SEC. be Texas A&M. I would never, ever clamor for the SEC to get two teams in. But to act like Texas A&M wasn't more deserving of Notre Dame? Uh, how is Notre Dame getting jackass mauled by Clemson, who is not nearly as good as Alabama, better than Texas A&M? They both had one loss, dude. They both are one-loss teams. You're telling me that Clemson is somehow a better loss than Alabama? Texas A&M looked better than Notre Dame all fucking year. And if it literally, if Trevor Lawrence and half the Clemson team doesn't have COVID, they have two losses. They scraped by that game. 
It's ridiculous. No universe did they deserve to be there. So if you are going to bring it back to where we were originally, if you are Brian Kelly and you are going to lobby for your team to be there where they don't deserve to be, where you played your playoff game and got your ass handed to you, then you cannot lay the egg that you did. You have to show up and prove that you deserve to be there. Or take your sorry ass home and don't ever tell us you deserve okay. a playoff spot again. Come to that podium no, they, and say, you know what? I'm sorry. Come have some balls. Go up to that podium and when you get asked that question, say, you know what? I'm sorry. I was wrong. We should have been in a lower tier bowl against a team that we wouldn't have shown our ass against. Why have some balls. Yeah, so I think that would probably be more of a fireball comment than. <laughs> yeah, I agree. No, it's honest. It is honest. Being You're honest right. about the state of hey, your bro, team garbage, is never so fireball. It's... Yeah, but that also is a comment that throws your players under the bus, and it makes it very difficult for people to play for you after that. If you're going to get— throw your, say, if you're gonna, Saying that we're not as good as Alabama and Ohio State is not throwing your players under the bus. It is when you like, go out there and say that this my team is mentality. not good enough. And it's not like coaches don't ever do this. He, a, a coach never does go out there and say we don't ever deserve to play for a national title again. No, only at Michigan. <laughs> Because we just build programs for nine wins. Paul, would it have been any different if it was Alabama and A&M? No, we saw it. It was worse. Oh, absolutely. No. Hell yeah, it would have been a lot different. It would have been different? It would have been more of a game, It would have been a real think? ball game for three <laughs> you think so? Alabama, Alabama, Alabama would have won my more. I, it would have been have a real ball game for Have you seen Jimbo Fisher's record against Nick Saban? I didn't say he was going to win. I said it would have been a real ball game for three quarters. Has he ever had a real ball game against Nick Saban? <laughs> <laughs> I so hold on. He spent his entire year in the ACC, or his entire like major part of his career in the ACC. Like it's not like they went head to head every year. Yeah, but that no, was but at Florida State, which was the cream of the crop of the ACC. When he, he just was went there. to AM. He hasn't been there long. This is like what, his second three? year. No, it is not. It might it's be at his least third. his third his second year. At least, I th- I thought it was his second too, but you might be right. So when A&M faced Alabama this year, they lost 52-24. to 24. In week which, three, dude. Which part of close, that close game, game was a game? None of it. It was week three. But did a and improve from It was 35-14 to at, at halftime. Isn't okay. that the final score In of the game? In week three against a vastly better team. Yeah, and A&M did improve. They, they were the a vastly ha- better team was, in week 15, too. At the end of the season, what was the halftime score of Notre Dame-Clemson? Like, it's not comparable, dude. I don't know. Notre, Notre Dame lost to Clemson by less than uh, A&M lost to Alabama. They only lost by 24. A&M lost by 28. I don't even understand how you're comparing these two right now. It's incomprehensible to compare a week three game against a vastly better opponent to an end of season game to an inferior opponent where you looked worse. Why are we I so mean, they were worse than Again, there was no sure. great fourth team regardless. There was no getting screwed out of it because there was no one team screaming they should have been there. There were three teams saying, yeah, we should probably be there. But there was hey, no fourth team for sure going, yep, they deserved it and they got screwed. I don't know. I go Not back to year. my contention that if there was ever going to be a year where you can make an argument for a non-Power 5 team to get into the playoff, this was it. Especially That's fine. With, and Alabama this, you would know have whacked and, 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 and they had an argument. Right. And, and, and the argument was right. made. They just weren't picked. You're probably right. They would have not performed well but you know what you needed to see it because you needed this to was it. the year to shut this up the non-power the year five to teams. do it and that's it if they lose by 50 
you never, ever have to hear this again, ever. Because they had by far the best resume that any non-Power 5 team has had, ever. You're not going to have... That's not so true. the difference... No, it's absolutely true. But it's not they true. had a way better resume than UCF, and it's not just about the Pick teams any they random played, Boise State them. team from the 2010s, and they got playoff a era. Playoff, playoff era. Playoff era, man. Not playoff era. Boise State. Boise State would have made a playoff back then. We're talking playoff era. This is completely different. Boise State way back when would have made the playoff, and God knows what would have happened, but they would have made the playoff at least. Except, but, but they caught all of their opponents in a downward year. UCF is on a downward year. Memphis is in a downward year right now. Houston's in a downward year. Like these teams that have been better were not good this year. So it's not like their competition, even in their own conference, was as good as it had been the last well, three that's, years. That's the whole thing with the group of five. They don't have the competition. That's why they've been excluded. It's, and it's not really Cincinnati's fault, but the last, I mean, that part's not their fault. This part is. The last two games of the year, they laid stinkers. They Listen, only Georgia, beat UCF right. by three, and Hold they beat Tulsa by three. UCF proved that they belong in that bowl game. They proved that they belong in the playoff. Georgia would have been a lock for the playoffs if they had a quarterback all season. They didn't. He yeah, was hurt. Damn Georgia, shame they have JT Daniels. Georgia is oh, okay. the you, you most. Okay, you mean Cincinnati, not UCF. Okay, I was confused. Yeah, no, no, I'm talking about Cincinnati. Georgia is the most talented team in the entire country. And that's not me speaking from opinion. That's a literal that's the fact. the star of rating the of the guys that came roster. in. They have better players than anybody in the country. They didn't have a quarterback for most of the season. JT Daniels was hurt. The moment he stepped in and was finally healthy, they rolled everybody. They looked awesome. I mean, they they played the last four games, I guess, with them because they lost to Florida, and then they beat Mississippi State. I think Florida was his first game. Oh, well, then they did not roll everybody. That's, he wasn't – that's what I said, healthy, Right. I oh, said the he, no, moment he, didn't he was back and fully healthy. No, he didn't play against Florida. So then they yeah. might have won every game with him. No. If he didn't play against Florida, no, yeah, he came back game. against Mississippi State. Um, but then the teams that they played, they weren't. I mean, unless you think Missouri's for real, and they're five and four, but they were ranked when they played. They're ranked twenty fifth. But they beat Mississippi State by seven, South Carolina by thirty one. Missouri by 35, and then they beat Cincinnati in the bowl game. Georgia would have absolutely been in the playoffs. Was that Cincinnati-Georgia I mean, game good? I didn't watch it. Super good, yeah. Mm, it, was, oh, it was really good. It, it, it was pretty, like, sloppy, I think. Yeah, well, was, I mean, I like, mean, like score-wise. I'm not necessarily. Oh, yeah, yeah, it was close. Yeah, no, no, yeah, no, yeah. yeah, it was close. I mean, it, it's a 24-21 it uh, it game, game, but not the way you think. Since he, <laughs> since he controlled the game all game and then blew it late, um... But they put up an incredible effort against a team that uh, – listen, this Georgia team right now in this game, better than Clemson, better than Notre Dame. End of year Georgia, nah. better than Clemson, better than Notre Dame. Absolutely. I would take nah. them against – I and I would take them double-digit favorite against both of those teams if they played right Absolutely now. Absolutely not. Both of those teams, double digits, I will take I'm Georgia. I'll give you Notre Dame. I don't right know now. if I'd give you Clemson. Absolutely. Georgia's that no good worry. right now. Since he acquitted themselves, I, I think I think they would beat well. Notre Dame. They wouldn't be double-digit favorites. Georgia's that good. They had ten and points at halftime. Especially no, not I'm not Clemson. saying they would be double-digit favorites. I'm saying I would take them by double digits and over I, those teams. Nah, I wouldn't do that. I'm, t- I'm telling you, Georgia's that good. You'll see it next year. I mean, I'm not. I don't even have to tell you. You're going to see it next season when Georgia kicks everybody's ass. I mean, it's not. It's not even going to have to be conjecture. You're going to see it. Since he acquitted themselves extremely well, since he absolutely proved that they belong, and what sucks now? <laughs> belong in the bowl game that they lost. They belong in the Peach Bowl. 
Because they gave a hell of an effort. This could have easily been a playoff matchup. Georgia and Cincy. Easily been a playoff game. I'm telling you. You'll see it next year. When Georgia runs the guy. No, because, I mean, Georgia wasn't going to beat Bama. You don't. Why? I mean, why? I mean, why? Why do you think Georgia can't beat Bama? Well, I mean, they got to get to the SEC championship game. I don't think you understand how good this Georgia team is. Did, did they? Did they make the uh, championship? What? What'd you say, Matt? Did they make the championship? Who? Georgia. No. They didn't. They didn't represent the their side of the SEC in the championship game. No, they lost to Florida and Alabama earlier in the season before Daniels came back. The same Florida that got their ass handed to them by Oklahoma. Because Kyle Trask threw three first half interceptions. <laughs> it's a pretty bad game. Talk so about sad. tanking not, a draft And then declared stop. for the NFL draft immediately. Right. Like, that was Which like, is hilarious. I know. He said, I'm out of here. <laughs> it was it was like, this is my swan song. I can't do it. Not literally, this. but it, it was like at the podium. He, they're like, hey, uh, you had a rough first half. And he's like, doesn't matter. I'm going I'm not pro. not going to be here. <laughs> I know. Like, I, I, thought, I thought he was good, too. And like a, one of the sneakier quarterback prospects. And then that happened. That was a rough, rough game. I'm now, game like, to his happens. credit, though, and throwing balls into coverage is one thing, but like, all of his receivers were out. He was working with a fresh crop of receivers, so timing I, and all that does affect that. I didn't watch the game. I was just keeping up with the box score. Yeah, no, he <laughs> I like I saw it was never particularly close. Their like, big okay. tight end opted out. That was like his main yeah, weapon. Yeah, their stud wide receivers so, like, opted out. A bunch of them did. Honestly, it's pretty shitty for him. He should have just opted out too. And it's messed up because they wouldn't have been in the playoff. But so Ryan earlier made the egregious comment of we don't need a bigger playoff because teams three and four always suck four through eight i think this is a perfect example of why we need a bigger playoff because teams have all kinds of issues throughout the season and are at their best at the end of the year there are three teams in georgia technically well, okay, you know that if they went to eight this year, that Georgia still wouldn't be in the or Cincinnati. One of them I wouldn't was, have been in the playoffs. I just said that's why I said Georgia technically, but I actually disagree with that. I think if it was an eighteen playoff, I think the committee would have placed them there. They don't. That ranking, <laughs> they they that eight spot matters. Out anyway. No, I think they would have bumped Cincinnati up too. But the point I'm making here is no, so they'd Cincinnati. Have bumped Florida out. Cincinnati and Georgia were absolutely. Yeah, I think they would absolutely bump three loss Georgia. Four lost Georgia now, or no? Did they have three losses before the bowl game or after Florida? I was, I meant Florida. Uh, yeah, no, they had three I losses think it's before. Only three. Uh, yeah, so I no, I I absolutely think Florida would have been the odd man out. But regardless, my point is, so if you had an eight man playoff or eight team playoff, Georgia's absolutely a playoff caliber team. I think could give anyone, and I mean anyone, even Bama, a run for their money right now as they stand. Cincinnati deserved that shot. They didn't get it. They deserved that shot. Oklahoma, talk about a team that is entire. And I fucking hate Oklahoma, and I hate the fact that they're allergic to defense picks from Kyle Trask aside. But they were a completely, completely different team. But we all made fun of the Big 12, right? That they were completely out of the playoff picture by, like, week three. Oklahoma and Texas are supposed to carry the torch. They both had multiple losses early. Oklahoma looked terrible. Spencer Rattler looked like he couldn't play football. They had two losses in the first four weeks. Kansas State and Iowa State, close losses, but bad losses. After that, they 
they played really, really, really good football. Those are the only two losses they have. And then they rolled what was supposed to be a really good, albeit shorthanded Florida team, in the bowl game. They absolutely murdered them. Spencer Rattler all of a sudden looks like he knows how to play quarterback. This is a team that suffered two early losses that is absolutely playoff caliber. You're going to sit here and tell me that Notre Dame would beat Oklahoma? I don't know. Oklahoma. I don't think so. Yeah, maybe defense, it's not really but... it's not really a game I want to see. If I'm being why? totally honest, you don't want to see Oklahoma I mean, Notre why? Dame. You think Notre Dame Alabama in, is better than playoff? Oklahoma Notre Dame? I would you'd I would rather, rather watch see, Alabama rather play football Alabama than either of those two teams. Notre Dame. I mean, I'd rather watch Alabama play either of those two teams than. I mean, you don't have to watch the first round of the playoffs if you don't like it. You can wait until the pretenders are eliminated. No one's gonna make you. Well, watch. then just don't let just don't let them in in the first place. But you don't know who they are. I'm telling you right now hey, you that do. Georgia would beat every single team ahead of them outside of maybe Ohio State and Alabama. Every single. And I'm team telling you, they wouldn't. Would but there's no way to. <laughs> you'll see it next. Like, year. You can just say, "Yeah, they would," and I'd be like, "No, I, they." You'll wouldn't. see it like, next right. year when they beat everybody they play. And then tell but me, but they're how not going to they be playing these same teams, and these teams are going to be different. So, do they have a new quarterback about? coming in next year? Daniels is coming back. Oh dear God! Okay, never mind. Is I've that the kid that transferred from SC? Yeah. Yes, and he's very, very. This is the good. man who he lost his job to Keaton Slovis at USC. He didn't Not because he was hurt, job, he got because hurt. he played like oh, shit. My God. And got, got outplayed by a freshman. Jesus Christ. Well, he's the better quarterback. He's going to have a better college career, and he's going to have a better NFL career. No, yeah, well, you know, there's one of them is fourth in Heisman predictions next year, and it ain't JT Daniels. <laughs> oh yes, Heisman, that all perfect predictor of great play. I don't even know why we were talking about We haven't even gotten to the actual national championship. We haven't even gotten to the other semifinal of Ohio State just whooping the ever-living shit out of Clemson in front of all of our eyes, getting revenge for last year and the 31 nothing a few years ago. And now have a chance to do what they did the very first year of the college football playoffs when they beat Alabama for the national championship, have a chance to do it again. I, I appreciated Dabo exposing Notre Dame, as I said that they would. And I also appreciate him running his mouth and getting it just completely shut (laughs) because he is such an absurd jackass, honestly. Like, and I've always defended Dabo from the coaching perspective. Like, Dylan really hates Dabo, like just despises him beyond belief. But I think he is a good football coach, although it's, it's easier when you cheat. But I think he's a good football coach. What he did out of petty and just nonsense. And he didn't have to make the statement he did. Like he got asked about it and he could have said like, it's whatever it's rankings. They don't matter. He could have just not answered the question. Give us some coach speak bullshit, but he went out of his way to denigrate Ohio state for not being able to play the 10 games. Like, Oh my God, we're totally not in a pandemic and everything's normal in Ohio state's ducking teams. And I, it's disgusting that I have to sit here and defend Ohio State right now, but for you to have the petty to put a team out of your top 10 because they didn't play as many games as you in the middle of a pandemic, and then you go out and get murdered by that yeah. team as the clear-cut by a mile favorite, that's just sweet justice to me. Like, I can't ask... For more than that, I really hate seeing Ohio State in the title game, 
but it's kind of sweet justice. Like, I can't be mad about it. And it's it's funny because Ohio State, as much as I despise them, they always do this when we need it. Back in the inaugural playoff, when Ohio State got in as the fourth seed and then won it all with their third-string quarterback, we needed that. We needed Alabama's reign to end. And the Big Ten needed it because the Big Ten had been kind of a laughingstock for quite a while. And we weren't getting anywhere, and we were failing on the big stage every time. And it was big for Ohio State to come in and remind the world that the Big Ten could still play good football. Or at least Ohio State could still play good football. And even lately, when Ohio State's been on the big stage, they haven't played good football. I mean, you talked about the 31 nothing loss to Clemson. Or them just not making the playoff at all, despite having yeah, a perfect Literally oil-checked on national television. And again... It's getting to the part where, so Ohio State obviously carries the Big Ten torch. None of us can touch them right now. And then they fail. They fail on the biggest stage, (laughs) and it makes us look even worse. And it's been years now since we've had any success on the big stage. And then once again, right when we need them the most, Ohio State comes in and beats down the national darling. Well, I mean, they're fresher. They only played half the amount of games Clemson played. True. Rust is rust. Clemson was tired, man. They played twice as many games. They they did use a lot against those Irish that they just had to embarrass. They even tried uh, tried to hurt their quarterback, and it just didn't matter. They did, and he got the pain injection and came back and continued to torch them, even though he's not a good quarterback. I I shouldn't say he's not a good quarterback. That's not fair. He's not an NFL. I know Lions are going to take him at seven now. I, I... So I, I've said this sometimes. Especially when they I hire believe, Ryan Day as their head coach and he takes Justin Fields. Sometimes I say this and it's hyperbole. Sometimes I mean it. Right now I mean it. Oh, if, the Lions were to, if the Lions were to broom Stafford, I would never watch another Lions game. Ever. Liar. No, I'm not. I promise. Liar. There are, there are certain things that I am not down with. And that is one of them. Like that's There are certain things that are just beyond inexcusable now it's not going to happen i know that it's not going to happen so i don't it's not a big deal but if that were to happen like if you if you draft zach moss and say we're going to try this guy out or jesus not zach, zach, moss. zach wilson oh my god <laughs> zach wilson yeah my bad zach moss at running back uh so he's already drafted. too uh he is already drafted he's a rookie though uh bad one though uh no if they, if they were to draft like zach wilson and then Set him for a year under Stafford and then trade Stafford. Like, I'd be cool with that. Like, you got a, a guy with a lot of potential and might see him as a future and whatever, but Justin Fields. If they dude, literally passed on Herbert and Tua in this last draft, but decided, oh, now it's time to take a right. quarterback in the first round this I year. Agree. I am going to go shoot well, the fucking Fords myself. They got a, but they got a new also, GM. You're talking about a different no, GM. I, a I new just, GM, I, I and then they're think, bringing yeah. back their interim head coach. I, I think Wilson's a better prospect than both Tua and, um, and Herbert. Herbert. Yeah, prospect. Now, obviously, we know Herbert. Like from what we've seen, we can project Herbert's probably going to be a pretty darn solid NFL quarterback. But I mean, did I, Herbert have speaking, like top ten numbers this year in, in as far as quarterbacks? He was really good. No, I think he, he was. was. He was. He was basically like the best rookie. He was the best rookie. He might. Yeah, because he threw a, a shit ton. He he but set I, the record for rookie. Like rookie. numbers wise, I think he like was in like the top ten or close to it for quarterbacks this year. I, he was he was really Maybe. good. He was super solid. Like I know he didn't have a top ten completion percentage. He probably was borderline on yards. 
Um, I know he threw for over 4,000 yards, but he didn't have an absurd number of yards. But he didn't start at the beginning of the season either. Um, He he threw, I don't know, 30 touchdowns, something like that. He didn't turn the ball over too much. Um, No, he's a a good quarterback. He's going to be a very good quarterback. Um, You can project that now. But as a prospect... You didn't. I mean, there were plenty. There's a reason he went third, and no one complained about it. No one thought Herbert should have went higher than he did. A lot of people thought he was overdrafted. No, fifth. Um, third quarterback. Oh, third quarterback. Did he? Was yeah. he a third quarterback? Who was yeah. taking between yeah, two and Bur- Burrow? Burrow and two. Burrow, oh, Burrow. Two. Yeah, my bad. Sorry, yeah. Burrow then. And, two and two. that's and honestly, I keep forgetting about yeah, Burrow. I I think dead. Wilson is a very similar. My puppy doesn't agree. Uh, I I think. Jesus Christ. So Herbert was top six in yards, top ten in touchdowns. Can't I can't do quarterback rating because it lumps every freaking person that threw a pass. Oh yeah. <laughs> but um yeah. You said he was top six in yards and top ten in touchdowns? Yeah, and then he threw and he he didn't throw toward, that many picks, right? He was towards the bottom. No, no, he was good with picks. Well, like no, he had not like really. Probably he was he was like basically two and a half to one for picks. Three to, to one. Touchdown. He was three to one. Twenty-five to ten. Thirty-one touchdowns he threw. Dude. <laughs> oh, why do I have no? According to NFL.com, he threw twenty-five touchdowns. Oh, yeah. Maybe he ran for six. Yeah, he ran for six. Hmm. Okay, no. no, I take that back. Whatever happened, he threw thirty-one touchdowns, so he's three touchdowns to every one interception. That's, I mean, look for a rookie, that's, that's phenomenal. No, that's great. Like and he, that's was, he was basically sixty-seven percent completion percentage. Which these are phenomenal numbers. I don't care what year you are as a quarterback. You're throwing for over well, four thousand so, yards and a three-to-one touchdown to picketers ratio. Eight yards attempt. So eight yards an attempt. So that's Which where is I was pretty close to the top. It's he'd okay. be top ten in that. Um, it looks like he'd be pretty close to top ten in completion percentage too. This is as a rookie. That's insane. I mean, he's he did pretty well for me in fantasy. So and and he's on a not good team, <laughs> right? And he was missing well, his running back for <laughs> multiple weeks with Austin Eckler too. So they were a running back that would help him a lot too. Yeah, is he is a very good pass yeah, catching running back. Five no, rushing I, touchdowns too. He was he was very good, but as a prospect, he had a ton of question marks. A ton oh, yeah. of question marks. He's I expressed my doubts all. in him. Yeah, I agree. He's answered them all, and I, I liked him as a prospect. But there were plenty of people that thought he was overdrafted. I thought he was drafted where he should have been, the third quarterback overall. I I think he was drafted absolutely where he should have been, and I at this point I think he's going to be better than Tua. Um, not that I'm writing Tua off, but I, I, I think if I'm projecting right now, I'm going to say he's actually going to be better than Tua. Uh, I'm not ready to say the same thing about Burrow. I have pretty high hopes for Burrow. But as far as Zach Wilson, Zach Wilson is a Burrow-level prospect to me. I think he's that good. He had a higher completion percentage had, than Patrick Mahomes. Just throwing that he's out He's had there. a similar ascension to Burrow. He has a similar play style to Burrow. He, he can do everything. And Tom Brady. Um, I really, 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 really like Zach Wilson. Trevor Lawrence is a generational talent. He is the best prospect since Luck and then Manning before him. Like, he is just abs- as a talent. Like he And he's a better prospect than either of them, to be honest to me, like prospect-wise. And, and I want to be clear, 
there's a huge difference between saying this is what someone is as a prospect and this is what they're going to be in the NFL, right? A huge, huge difference. But Trevor Lawrence has everything you could possibly want. But if you are don't have the number one pick, you're not getting Trevor Lawrence. So you're like, all right, who's the next set of quarterbacks? Like, who can I realistically get? Zach Wilson is the best number two I've seen in forever. I, I can't remember the last time I've seen as good of a number two quarterback, like clear cut. Like, I think this guy's going to be really, really More so awesome. than two of this last year? More so than Tua, yeah, for sure. Hmm. Um, I th- I think now a lot of people would disagree with me, and that's fine. But I think he's a really really awesome as a second quarterback off the board. I don't <clears> think you can do much better. I think there is a very very huge just drop off after him. I think it's the difference between him and then if you have Lance or Fields third, I think is massive. I I really do. So if you're not getting him. I don't want to draft a quarterback at all. At least certainly not in the top ten. Even if Mac Jones I, fell to you as the seventh pick in the second round? Well, I said in the top ten or the first. But, no, I mean, the second round, yeah, it's fine. I don't. Oh, I thought you said you fine. didn't want to draft a quarterback at all. He throws a beautiful all. deep ball. No, no, no. Well, I, I might have said that. I, I honestly don't know. But I meant, like, with our first round. Gotcha. Um, I have no business wanting to. But, no, it's like. So, Mac Jones is cool because I, he throws a beautiful deep ball. And he moves I well in the pocket is, too. He does. He moves very well um, in the pocket. He also has. It's impossible to evaluate an Alabama quarterback like the way you really would feel comfortable. Like, all right, I know this guy's going to be whatever because you got too much talent around you. Too much. I mean, you guys. I don't know. I'm sure you were on cast last year, AJ, at the time. Like, I was hyping him up last year when Tua went down, and I was hyping him up before the bull game. Like, everyone's like, "Oh, Tua's out." Like, Mac Jones is really, really good. This kid is no slouch. He is really awesome. He throws a beautiful ball. And he never did it. Like, from the beginning, he's been really good. And he showed it this year. And that's why I think they're going to kind of win the championship. And I don't think it's going to be that tough, even though I think Ohio State's really good. I think at quarterback, they have a real difference maker. And with as absurd as their receiving unit is and his ability to get the ball with the placement, it's all about placement, right? It's not just about getting the ball where you guys can make a catch, but it's placement, keeping it away from defenders, keeping it where your guys can catch it in stride. When you throw downfield, the difference between a 40-yard pass and you get tackled right away and a touchdown 70 yards downfield, it's all about placement. And he has that exceptional placement that you look for. So what separates Clemson and Ohio- and Alabama this year, in your mind, Paul? Clemson or Ohio State? No, Clemson. Because we saw what Ohio State did to Clemson defensively, how they were able to disrupt their offensive flow with their defense, and then obviously was able to torch them offensively. And we've seen all year with Alabama, they don't have a great defense. So what is separating Clemson and Alabama this year that gives you so much confidence with Alabama going into this game against Ohio State? who just absolutely obliterated who we were all praying for the Lions to tank for this year. Trevor Lawrence did not look great at all against Ohio State. The offense in general did not look great. We've seen what Alabama can do offensively. We've seen their deficiencies deficiencies defensively. What separates them that makes you think that they are going to have, what sounds like in your mind, no problem with the Buckeyes? I That might be a little hyperbole. I don't think they're going to win the game by 20 or anything crazy. Um... I think you just asked an excellent, excellent question. Phenomenal question. As an interviewer, just grade A1. I think, despite the fact that we have not seen it week in and week out this year, 
I think Alabama's defense is going to be able to do a much better job containing Ohio State than Clemson's did. I think Clemson's defense was exposed a little bit. Um, it's crazy to say, but they were really, really discombobulated in, on defense almost the entire game, but especially in the first half. Oh, my God. The amount of missed assignments and breakdowns that they had that it doesn't matter how good your players are or your athletes, that if you have those, you're going to have major problems. They were they were playing almost a different game. Ohio State, from the rip, had them so far back on their heels in just unforced error after unforced error, and some of it a little forced too. I mean, Ohio State makes you pick your poison on offense. I think Alabama, I think their coaching staff – and their superior talent on defense are going to be able to put together a good enough game plan that makes Justin Fields do more. Justin Fields looked like the best quarterback in the universe against Clemson. He really did. Like, he just played, like, just this awesome, awesome game. He is a good quarterback. He's a great college quarterback, even. But he is not that good. And you've seen it even this year, even in games that mattered. You've seen it against Northwestern recently. You've seen it against Indiana. Like, Justin Fields is far from perfect. And I think Ohio- Alabama is better enough on defense to Clemson to make him do more. And when he has to make plays instead of just taking what's there, I think he's a very, very different quarterback. And I think that's going to be the difference in this whole game. And. I don't know how much the loss of Tony Elliott on the offensive side hurt Clemson. I really don't. And I don't, it's impossible to quantify, right? Um, Tony Elliott, obviously their offensive coordinator, who for supposedly COVID reasons was not coaching the game. Um, I, I don't know how much that hurt their game plan, but after they came out and scored 14 quick, they were completely stifled on offense. And that also put an incredible amount of pressure on Clemson's defense. I don't see Alabama's offense having the same problems. They might not have Trevor Lawrence, but they have a very good quarterback of their own, one that I think is better than even Justin Fields. And they have even more talent around them. And they have an offensive line that is just awesome. And that is where something that you saw where Ohio State completely dominated that game, and it's very cliche, is the line of scrimmage. Their line on both sides owned the game. Their offensive line pushed Clemson around, and their defensive line harassed Clemson all game. They are not going to be able to do that to Alabama. It's it's not going to happen. The way that they bullied Clemson in the trenches is not going to happen against Alabama. It's just not. In when you have better protection, when there's more room in the run game, Alabama's offense is going to move. And when they're not getting blown off the ball as much on defense, again, that goes back to Justin Fields is going to have to do more. And that's what I think the difference is going to be. That's why I think Ohio, that's why I think Alabama is going to win this game. Is that sufficient? Yeah, no, I was just curious. You know, I mean, we've seen, you know, and this, you know, look, it's only so many times it can happen, but we've talked about Clemson for the last so many years and their front seven on you know, on the offensive side and their defensive line, these guys have been going to the NFL year in and year out for the last like five years now. And so eventually it catches up with you that you've got so much talent that is left. Yeah, they're, you're replacing it, 
but these guys need time to season and grow and become that, you know, who's guy that you're going to see on Sundays when he's playing on Saturdays and they're not quite there yet. And I'm wondering, you know, if that's what happened with Clemson this year, is it just kind of caught up to them with all the talent they've lost? It's hard to replace all that. Um, so I'm one, you know, but we've seen it over the years now that you don't really bully Clemson in the trenches. It hasn't really happened over the last so many years. Right. And we saw Ohio state do exactly that. I mean, you hit the nail on the head. The NFL departures have hurt them. I think in a couple of years, in two years, maybe even next year, but I think in two years, uh, at least on the um, defensive side of the ball, I think Clemson's going to have one of the best lines in football. Um, they have the talent. They're just really, really young and not ready. And it's kind of a, a shame how things worked out. You're gonna, We're going to look back and be like, wow, Clemson only won one title with Trevor Lawrence. Like Almost like how did that happen because they have plenty of talent. But – it's just things like not meshing up. So they won his freshman year, obviously. And then last year they were super close, but they ran into a generational team in LSU where everything came together that year. And then Joe Burrow and they just ran everybody. And then this year, it's like you said, like not everything was there at the right time, especially in the trenches. Those young players with all the NFL departures, they're not ready. In a couple years, Clemson's going to have a better team than they do this year. They won't have as good of a quarterback, but they'll have a better team in, I mean, who knows? But this year, not quite there. Not a complete team. Alabama's a complete team. And I know that they've looked vulnerable on defense. And they're not going to hold Ohio State to 15 points. It's not going to happen. But they're going to do a lot better job of containing them than Clemson did. And and they're going to play a lot better complementary football. Trevor Lawrence had to play college this year, right? He couldn't have gone pro last year. Yeah, well, right. he could have sat out and still been the number one pick. But no, I know. From, no, I was just thinking. Yes. Yeah, okay, never mind. Yeah. I, I had a question, but it doesn't make any sense because it wasn't possible. I was going to say, did he make a mistake coming back for this year? But he has one more year after this, so he, and he had to do this year. Well, so it couldn't be a mistake anyways. With... I mean, he he didn't get hurt. He didn't like nothing bad happened. Like he didn't have. Oh a no, I, I I was just thinking about which team he ends up going to. <laughs> oh, I well, who was who had the number one pick last year? Cincinnati. The Bengals. And they were so – but what I'm saying is, you know, coming out last year, you'd have been coming out with Joe Burrow, with Justin Herbert, with Tua Tungavaloa. Like, you had – there have been four quarterbacks what worth taking in the first, like, five picks. I still he, he think he would have been, been, been one, one or two he at would've. that point. He would have still been number one. Uh, maybe. No, he would have still been number yeah, but one. NFL evaluators are dumb, but they're not that dumb. I understand that, but, like, Burrow's rise was so meteoric in that season – that I think the hype surrounding him would have been fan wise, fan wise, there would have been a big debate. NFL evaluators, not at all. So it would Honestly. have been it would have been akin to the Peyton Manning Ryan Leaf situation, in my opinion, right? Where you so have, I didn't live through that. One. Okay, so right, so right. But I obviously like, I, I obviously you know had, about yeah. it, but I don't know the media so, coverage like living. Well, it and day. I don't because I was younger at that point too, but. Peyton was the surefire number one talent, much like a Trevor Lawrence who you compared him to earlier. And then during that season, Ryan Leaf just took off. Like, you started hearing about him a lot more. Had a, I, I think, if I'm not mistaken, they played in the Rose Bowl that year. Yeah. Matt, uh, was it against yep. Ohio State or was it against no. Michigan? No, it was a national championship game against Michigan. That's right. Well, not national championship, but you know what yeah. I mean. Yeah, it was Michigan's bumps? national championship to win or lose. Right, nineteen ninety-seven. Right. Yeah. yeah. So then, and, and, and Peyton yeah. Manning, same thing with Tennessee going up against Nebraska on the other side of the coin. Yeah, and then so 
that so then it became like okay who's going to get drafted number one even though you had this surefire generational talent like Peyton Manning and this meteoric rise of Ryan Leaf so had Trevor Lawrence come out last year it would have been a very similar situation it's, in my and mind it's funny you mentioned Peyton Manning because the quarterback most compared to him that came out in my lifetime is where I would go back more recently to compare is RG3 yeah, and, and Luck, Luck yeah. where like everyone's like, yeah, Luck's a surefire number one. Right. But a lot of people are like, you know, I think like RG3 might actually be better. And like, should RG3 go number one? Yeah. And you. obviously RG3 got hurt and never did anything. But I mean, well, Andrew Luck kind of got hurt and never did anything either. So um, actually RG3 lasted longer. Longer in Technically the NFL, he lasted longer, but, he, but Luck's had way more starts. Yeah. Um, it's a shame. It's really a shame both quarterbacks, how their careers went. Because oh, it's really a shame. But but anyway, similar situation I think. So yeah, it would have been a, a lot more fan and media debate than NFL talent evaluator to yeah, me. I and agree. who knows? I'm theoretical. I could be completely wrong. In Cincinnati, might said oh, we're taking Burrow anyways. I just I don't see it. I don't think there's a team in the NFL that would have taken Burrow over Lawrence. I don't know Cincinnati Burrow with those high Ohio connections. That was my only my, <laughs> yeah. my only question. Yeah, I I, I honestly think that had Trevor Lawrence is from Florida, isn't he? Florida. But not yeah, since we're about last year. Last year I, I, in well, no, but no, I know that I'm just saying because Jacksonville is the first pick this year. Right. Oh, maybe I just think the the biggest difference between like whether it's Burrow versus uh, versus Lawrence or Luck RG three and Peyton Manning and Ryan Leaf is that none of these guys except for Ryan Leaf are hopefully going to grow up to be a piece of shit. Why are you so mean? <laughs> He t- he is, true. He's turned it around, he has, though. He has turned no, his whole not. life around. You're such a jerk. He went to jail like last year. He had a slip up. He's been doing a lot better. Oh, oh, okay. <laughs> he had a real. Oh, OJ has only been to jail once yeah. since. Oh, you know. stop! He killed somebody. Oh. Chill, fam. No, no, no not did. according to a court of law. Didn't even go to jail for that. Oh my goodness. That's just hearsay. Yeah. Defamation. Oh, libel. Goodness. So where are we at on this game? Like, are we ready to? Yeah. Is, is anyone is anyone picking Ohio State to pull the upset? No. <sighs> I do. Th- I, th- I do think it'll be respectfully close. I think it'll be respectfully close. I think Alabama be like just... a like a like a twelve point game. It, look, it's all. I think it's really going to be dependent on if Justin Fields can stand on his head like he did against Clemson again. Like and yeah, and like that, and then that might even not be enough. Well, not just Fields. You got Sermon also. You got a pretty good running back. You back do there have a good Ohio running back, well. but like, is Fields going to be healthy enough to? It's one thing well, to he... do it one time, but like, so I think I think the health is going to end up being a cop out after he has a mediocre game. I don't think he's really going to be affected. It's going to be really hard to. We already know that he's hurt. It's going to be. <laughs> it's going to be a really difficult thing to try and repeat or even come close to the type of game that he had last week. Like the the thing right, like is now your, that was now your ribs are so yeah sore. that was one of the yeah, like all time performances in that game in my opinion just seeing what he so, did and doing what he did like like that's gonna be like very Isaiah very in game seven near impossible to the replicate like, for me like game is, six when he hurts the ankle he's phenomenal and then he game is seven, going he to do. have to play it is going to be way harder for him to have half the game that he had against Notre Dame like he's gonna have to work. Way against harder Clemson. to have half as good a game against South. Yes, I'm sorry, against Clemson. Yes, 
because of everything I talked about. They bullied them. He didn't have to play out of his mind. Everything was at his disposal. He just had to not make mistakes, and everything was there. And he made some really good plays. He had a couple gorgeous deep balls that he really hasn't thrown that well all season. Mm -hmm. I I don't want to completely take away from what he did and say that anybody could have done it. No, he played a phenomenal game, but it was there. I know it's not as simplistic as this, but I kind of want to get your opinion. We, We talked earlier in the year about just, and I know that this is the basic philosophy of every offense, so you don't have to go and like rip me a new one for that, but it seems like Ohio State is really good at creating great space, specifically in their running game, right? I... So they are, so, and again, obviously it starts with bullying Can I the ask my question, trenches. please? Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> I thought that was your no, question. No, that was the setup to the question. Oh, I know bad. that the analysis the for the question is, why does Ohio State have such good speed and space? No, <laughs> that's not it. I know it's not as simplistic of an, of an analysis as this, but do you think that Ohio State's own, like chance – the way that they keep the game close, the way they give them their best shot to win is going to be creating that space outside the tackles. Like, getting to the edge in their running game, not necessarily grounding and pounding up the middle like they have where the space comes from, but trying to create that space in between the guard and the tackle around the ends to... So I really don't, and the reason I don't is because they're playing against a team with athletes that match theirs and might even be superior. So they're not, it's not like they're going to be able to get to the edge and punish them with huge runs because they're out athleting Alabama. If they're going to have a sense of control on offense and have a real chance to win this game, I think the recipe is going to be bullying them straight up front and running at them because of what it will open everywhere else. And if they can somehow do that on offense, it will take, the pressure off fields where he doesn't have to go out and win them the game because everything else is opening up because they're gashing Alabama. If they can't manufacture a run game up the middle and they're only operating on the edges, I think Alabama will have a much easier time shutting them down and it will take away a lot of the short passing lanes for fields. A lot of the checkdowns, it's going to hurt them. So I think it's really important that they are able to pound it, not necessarily halfback dives every time, but being able to have a, an inside running game, whether it's inside zone, it's they got to be able to get push up front. If they cannot move the line of scrimmage on the offensive side of the ball, they're not going to be able to score enough points to win the game. It's not going to happen. They mm-hmm. have to be able to move the line of scrimmage in a positive way. I think. I could be completely wrong. Who knows? Maybe Fields throws for 500 yards and I look stupid. But I just I don't think it's going to happen that way. I think it's important the same way that they recovered against Northwestern, even though Ryan Day, for whatever reason, didn't want to run the ball against them, even though they were averaging like 100 yards a carry. The same way that they completely bullied Clemson and then opened up everything else being able to push, get that pushback against the defensive line and create that space to just gouge them wherever you're running the ball in your primary gap, I think will be huge for that offense. And I just, I, I, and I do think this is going to be a much better game. And I think, of course, we all hope it is a much better game than our last two title games because our last two title games were hardly worth watching in the second half. And, and they were, Games that by the fourth quarter you are completely done with. And I that's all I want this year 
is through three quarters, I don't know who's going to win this game yet. That's all I ask for. Do you want the first couple rounds of Clemson, Alabama? <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, for sure. Because those were great games. Those two are the only ones that I put up there with the Texas USC championship game. Not quite as good, but up there at least because that Texas SC game Rose Bowl is still Alabama Georgia. <laughs> Alabama Georgia was pretty freaking good. Yeah, it was. The, the 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 story around it also with Jalen and then Tua and then Devontae so Smith catching too. the game winning touchdown as a freshman. Yep. Heisman, he? that was him. Yeah. He's so good, dude. Did you guys and see? He's not even, did you guys he's not even see their that, best receiver? <laughs> did you see that meme of him and DK Metcalf where he's standing on the sidelines yes. looking like Slender Man, basically? And it says, <laughs> one of these wide receivers won the Heisman Trophy and the other was drafted in the second round, DK Metcalf. <laughs> they did the same thing when they showed freaking um, Derrick Henry when uh, Mark Ingram came back to visit um. Alabama. <laughs> It's like, here's Heisman winner Mark Ingram, and then he's just being towered over by Derrick Henry in every shape and form. Did Derrick Henry also win a Heisman? Yeah, he did did go on to win it, right? Didn't he rob C-Mac? Yes. Uh, I don't know if you could really say rob C-Mac. No, he robbed him. C-Mac had one of the greatest seasons in college football history. C-Mac like had, a, was, had a Barry Sanders-like college literally, season. Literally, the, the best season by running back since Barry Sanders. Like, it's stupid. And, and but I, Stanford like, I lost, like, Henry. two games that year or something. So Yeah, I, I hate I, when the, the losses count against them for the high I love Derrick Henry, but C-Mac got screwed. God, speaking and of I did mean, you see the yardage discrepancy this year in running backs between Derrick Henry and then Dalvin Cook and then everybody well, else? Yardage discrepancy on the ground. If you include t- scrimmage yards, it's not as bad. Well, everybody else got hurt. Saquon. Also C-Mac. true. Yeah, C-Mac and Saquon, the other two that should have been involved. Like Kamara's scrimmage yards, I think were right up there. I could be wrong. He's more of a pass catching back, isn't it? Anyway, I think he? he didn't. He didn't play for a couple games too. Yeah, yeah he Kamara was missed some games as well. And Dalvin missed playing against the Lions a second time, so. He could have. about 250. And you've seen what least. Alexander Madison did to us, so you can only imagine what Dalvin Cook would have done. I legitimately to us. watched like four series of that game and turned it off. <laughs> I watched it. I wasn't even. No, hold on. I watched it just rooting yeah, for us no, to lose, that. and then we kept scoring. Um, well, it was like, great. Like, I, I got to see a great. Like, I got to see Stafford make some nice plays. I got to see Alexander Madison help carry my team to a title. Like, it was, it was all good. This is a good time. It was not a bad game at all, and we lost. It was perfect. It was honestly perfect. Like, I, I don't know what I don't know what place I got, but I know that I won my last two matchups in fantasy, including over Ryan. Did, did Derrick Henry get oh, to two thousand yards? Yes, he did. Yes, yeah, yeah, he did. Okay, so I get you didn't see him a, shout so... out OJ. <laughs> <laughs> did he really? No, he he shouted out everyone who's part of the two thousand club. So Barry. And OJ and AP, CJ2K. and Chris Johnson, C- yeah, CJ CJ2K. and um, oh, what's his face from uh, Baltimore, Jamal Lewis. Jamal, yeah, Lewis, Jamal Lewis, yeah, thank you. But like, it was just funny because, like, of course, you knew all the freaking social media, you know, nerds are going to be out there going, eh, maybe you shouldn't have included OJ in this shout out because <laughs> he was like honored to be amongst, and he just listed everyone, and he listed Barry first because, of course, he did. Uh, but yeah, but OJ's in there, of course, because OJ did it in fourteen games. 
and yeah. everyone was just like, I don't know if I'd say I'm honored to join OJ. Like you, yeah, yeah. you know who <laughs> as a quarterback doesn't have a 2,000 yard passing season? Ryan Leaf. <laughs> oh my god, <laughs> shocking! Yeah, Alvin Kamara had almost 1,700 scrimmage yards, so this is pretty solid. Like it's not, he did it. Yeah, I mean that's what Reggie yeah. Bush was doing in in the Saints as well, and they called him a bust for it. Different league. <laughs> no, Reggie wasn't a bust. He just never lived up to what you thought he was going to be. You thought he was just going to take the well, league no, by storm. No, after he took that shot on the swing pass, he was never the same. <laughs> Dude got when launched, crawling launched out of a crawling cannon. afterwards. Oh my gosh, that was that's one of the best hits I've Who ever. Who was seen. it that hit him? I don't, in my mind, it's Sean Taylor, but it's, it's not, not Sean Taylor. It's not, it's not Sean Taylor. <laughs> <laughs> just it looked like it like, kind of no, looked like Sean Taylor. Taylor. Oh man, yeah, that was brutal. <laughs> Reggie Bush thought he died when hit by Sheldon Brown. Twenty four seven sports. <laughs> I mean, you clearly know he had every ounce of wind knocked out of him by that hit. That was, oh, that was so God. good. Juju Smith just cannot help himself, can he? What? I love Juju. What the fuck is your problem? No, I I like him too. But like, when asked about the rivalry on the Browns, did you see his comments? Let the man dance and talk. I think they're like, still the same Jesus. Browns team I play every year. I think they're nameless gray faces. They have a couple good players on their team, but at the end of the day, I don't know. The Browns is still the Browns. <laughs> there you go. He's honest. Bulletin board. He's like, he's like the Lions. He's like, yeah, make them. Make them prove it. Make right. them prove they're not the Lions D- anymore. Dylan, Dylan's going to cry about it. Like, doesn't... Make them prove they're not the Browns. Well, AJ, I appreciate the perfect transition because we definitely need to talk about what we got coming up this weekend in a crazy wildcard weekend, a different NFL playoffs than we had ever seen so far. Number one seeds are getting a bye, so Green Bay and Kansas City are sitting back and relaxing. And we start off this Saturday with the Bills, number two seed in the AFC, after a fantastic year with Josh Allen, taking on the Indianapolis Colts. You got, later on after that, the Seahawks and the Rams, an all-NFC West battle, who we have... Do we have an idea who's playing quarterback? Are we for sure that they didn't just hire someone off the, the side of, like, Ventura Boulevard in L.A. to come in and play quarterback for the Rams because their guy is out? And then Old Man River himself... Tom Brady with 43 touchdowns at the age of 43. Leading his team is a wild card. Number five squad, even though they are much better than the number four team, the Washington Redskins or whatever you want to call them. And then later... Football team. (laughs) So a action-packed Saturday of three games. So let's start in Buffalo, where does anyone feel that this game is out of reach for a veteran leader in Phillip Rivers and a talented running game, a pretty sturdy offensive line, and a semi-decent defense that the Colts are bringing to the table. Anyone giving the Colts a chance here going up against Buffalo? A chance? Um, 
There's always a chance. Say, I'm yeah, not, I'm not, but no, if someone else is, they can go I, first. I wouldn't say there's always a chance. Uh, I, I would say there's a chance. I think, obviously, quarterback is going to be the big difference in this game. Um, I'm certainly not picking the Colts, but would I be like jaw on the floor if the Colts came out and won this game? No, I wouldn't be. Uh, the Colts play very good defense. They have one of the best run, young running backs in the NFL. No, no, I'm sorry. They have one of the best running backs in the NFL. Not even best young running back. They have one of the best running backs in the NFL. Um, if Phillip Rivers can turn the clock back a little bit, if they can force Josh Allen into some mistakes, like I love Josh Allen, but he's not perfect, even though he pretty much played perfect this season. Um, I, they could they could surprise people. I mean, the Colts have a very very good team. If Matt Stafford got traded to the Colts, I think they'd probably win the Super Bowl. Or they'd certainly be close to it. They'd be a top tier contender. Um, they're not perfect. They got some issues, but they could win. It's possible. It's it wouldn't be the most surprising thing in the world. Um, not picking them to win, but no, I, I think they have a chance for sure. This is Buffalo's first home playoff game since 1996. Which was also their last Super Bowl appearance. Uh, right? No. No, no, no. No? <laughs> when did no. they go to four straight? In the 80s? <laughs> no, no, no. They went to four straight. Say, it doesn't but sound right. It was literally right. the first like... four of the 90s. Oh, it was in 90s. Okay, so I thought it was in 90s. How the hell you go to four in the 90s and 96 not one of them? Come on, man. In the early 90s, too, because I knew it wasn't the late 90s. It was, yeah, no, it was literally the first four. 90, 91, 92, 93. I was like, man, was I really that far off? It's like how, it's like a six-year window and you went to four of them, but it wasn't that year. Come on, man. Now I'm mad. Well, it's because they went to them in a row. So it's not like you had the chance to be in 91 and then again in 96. They could have been 92 The The four falls of Buffalo. I mean, the Colts were, you know, I mean, they are right there. Same record as the Titans who won the AFC South. You know, they're both 11 and 5. So the Colts were right there with winning the division, just, you know, on the wrong end of the stick in a couple of these uh, tiebreaker matchups. And so, you know, well, instead of hosting the, the Ravens, they are going on the road and taking on Buffalo. I don't know if that's, that's a, I mean, it's kind of an equal matchup either way. I think you're no. the underdog either way in that matchup. Um. Well, I, mean, I know they're, they're the, the underdog, underdog either way because somehow the Ravens are favored by just absurd i don't i can't fathom well why the ravens are in the four in the times that the titans and ravens have faced off in the playoff the road team is four and oh great <laughs> uh, how crazy. far back does that go i mean not that far the titans haven't been around that long neither of the ravens actually <laughs> well the titans technically have been around that long since they came from houston right well that's same so franchise the ravens. they came from cleveland. well and the ravens cleveland. came from cleveland <laughs> right Man, that's crazy. Like the and I will get right. to the game, but it's crazy that they're giving the Ravens the hook too, like not just three, three and a half. It's it blows my mind. I'm like, who? Well, we'll find out when we do picks. Like, who in the hell is taking them? But God, three and a half. Dang, that spread's crazy. I don't. So like, there's. I'm not. This sounds kind of blasphemous. I'm not super hyped for Wild Card Weekend. And we have extra games. Oh, but would you want to? Would like, you want an eighteen playoff? Listen, I got. If the Rams had a real quarterback playing, I'd be like, all right. So I have high interest in that game. But they don't, man. So it's like that's a bummer. Bucks Washington, I think, is actually going to be an ugly ass game. Um, I, I do like the Washington. Actually, has a really, really good defense. Uh, but Alex Smith it 
God bless him for what he's done to come back and play, but he is not a contender caliber quarterback and neither is the rest of that offense. Um, no, but Gibson. neither were the two Giants teams that beat Tom Brady in the Super Bowl. No, don't. No, no stop. No, 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 no. I, I, but here's the thing. If you have a defense that can get the Tom Brady they, they with a four-man rush, specifically have, without that's why having the blitz, an ugly game. I think you can that the Buccaneers Tom Brady. offense you can make him may throw struggle. I think the Buccaneers offense may struggle. We know that Washington's offense is ugly. Like, this is not going to be a great football game to watch from an aesthetic side. What's the over-under cool. for this game? Because I want to take the under. Uh, 44 and a half. Which <laughs> I want to take the under. <laughs> it's on the low side. Um, the only one lower is the Rams-Seahawks game, and the Rams don't have a quarterback. Um, but it's it's going to be an ugly football game. Colts-Bills should be solid. But the Bills could also win by 30. Like, they just might run away at the game. I'm not sure what's going to happen there. But it could, it could be a solid game. I mean, have the, Rams, have the Colts Seahawks, been blown yeah. out this year? I don't remember the Colts ever being I mean, the, this year. I mean, their defense. I know is, they lost to the Ravens. Their defense is, for the most part, too good to get blown out. But the Bills' offense yeah, they, is pretty freaking absurd. They lost. They lost by fourteen to the Ravens. Not, and and then nineteen or nineteen to the fourteen Titans. to the Ravens. Am I blind? Oh, I see it. Well, so they so they lost by fourteen to the Ravens, but it didn't feel like a blowout. They only gave up twenty four points. They just they only scored score. ten. They couldn't score, <laughs> and then uh, they no, lost no. by nineteen to the Titans. The Titans game, yeah, the Titans. Yeah, but that second they, Titans game was pretty bad in the end. But they beat the Titans once by seventeen, so right. it's like the trade off. I don't know what we're gonna get from them. I they're not as good as the Titans. I know they're not. Um, but I I don't know what we're gonna get from them. A lot of it depends on what kind of Philip Rivers we get. And I don't know, man. It, it's a, it, it's not a toss-up game, but it's a game that could be a good game. It's a toss-up whether it's going to be a good game. Then you got Ravens-Titans. Like, I feel like I've seen this movie 50 times. Like, Derrick Henry's going to run for 300, and that's it. And, like, I don't care what Lamar does and doesn't do. Like, it's going to be whatever. The Bears don't belong in the playoffs. That's, like, stupid. Brown-Steelers probably the best playoffs game, right? It's got to be. Probably. And the Steelers no, have been I, on a skit. I'm, honestly, I think Who Colts is, and Bills will be the best playoff game. Who's the seventh and eighth team in? Yeah, the Bears. The, it's just seven. Just seven. It's just side. just seven. The Colts seven, for the seven. AFC. The Bears for the NFC. Okay. That's crazy. Is, the Colts at eleven and five are the seventh. Would not team. have Colts, been in the playoffs in any other regular year. Wins would have missed the playoffs. <laughs> yeah, the, they're the at Patriots 11, from 09. Well, wait. See, it's oh my god, or it's 08, ridiculous. Whatever. Whatever year Tom Brady got taken out with a knee injury, that team still won 11 yeah. games, didn't yeah. make the postseason. To be fair, they won 16 the next year, so 11 is No, 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 year before. No. Oh, year before. Yeah. Was was the year before? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, year right, before year they before. won 16. Then they got taken then Tom Brady got so, taken out with a knee injury. And that's I which shows you Tom Brady is only worth 5 wins. That's a ton. Like any, like, no, I've never seen like more than a three game drop in a over under, like on a course, especially at that, when you're talking that high of a level. So like, there's a huge difference between like, you're talking six and nine wins versus like 13 and 16. It's like, that's insane. 
Like, it's tough. Really, it's so tough to win those. Games. Like all the good matchups are really on the AFC side of the of this you know opening weekend. Oh, uh, oh, they're all on the AFC yeah. side. The NFC, the is NFC terrible. side are are terrible. They really are. But but is is Goff playing or the Rams starting Wolford or whatever his name is? Did Goff get I hurt? I thought. Or, yeah, Goff. No, Goff's out. Oh. Yeah. No, Goff's spread only three. Goff's not playing. Um. So well, no, he's. This says uncertain. At least an hour ago, it says uncertain. It says he's good, but uncertain. Wow. I bet he plays. It's the playoffs, man. You got to... Let me see America. if the spread's moved a lot. Because yeah, the spread's that I pulled up it's, from it's Tuesday, It's three and a half on CBS. What is it on... Which... Which I what would did assume I post? Because it was from playing. Tuesday. I don't, I don't know what you posted. I'm just you looking posted at minus three five. games on CBS. For the Rams I mean, in Seattle, I mean, you're look, at minus five. Hold on. He, he underwent surgery on his broken and dislocated yeah. thumb on the 28th of December. Goff himself so, told Rodrigue that less taking throwing hand or non throwing felt hand. good in practice. Throwing hand. Oh, yeah. I think, right? Playing. I thought it was a throwing hand. No. I, I bet he plays. I bet he plays. I bet he at least attempts to play. Well. Trying to be Matthew Stafford. I mean, he yeah, he might be banged up like Justin Fields in the title game or something, but I bet he plays. Are we doing these picks or what? Oh, uh, we're going to, yeah. All right. You want to do it right now? Oh, is there well, more I mean, yeah. We, we, and then we, it can just kind can... of be like a longer pick segment. Yeah, exactly. Because we're going to talk about all the games and then make picks. That doesn't really make sense. Yeah. All right, sure. Well, we'll before we get it, we'll, we got to do college too. So let's we'll get college out of the way because we do have a college game to pick. We talked a lot already about our mm-hmm. ensuing college game. At least some of us did. Um, Alabama is an eight-point favorite over Ohio State. I'm I'm going to take Alabama here. Uh, like I said, I think it will be respectably close. Uh, but I did I do see it being like a 12, 13-point game, maybe 43-30 somewhere, somewhere in that range. So I'm going to take the, the tide to roll in this one. I mean, it's it's always a bad idea to pick against. Usually, it's a bad idea to pick against Alabama. Um, eights, it's such a tough spread. Yeah. <laughs> like, I'm surprised it's not double digits considering it is Alabama and Ohio State hasn't played that many games this year. But considering what Ohio State just did to Clemson, um, and I know that, you know, everything that Paul said earlier about what differentiates between what Bama has done this year and what Clemson. Their defense has looked a lot better the second half of the year. i got to give Alabama credit for that. The first half of the season, their defense was abysmal, and they have definitely you know, sw- turned things around defensively in the second half of the college season. Ohio State's a pretty damn good team, and they're going to be ready to play. I, I'm i going to go with the Buckeyes to cover the eight. I, gotta, I, I don't know why. I just got a feeling. So I'm gonna roll. I'm gonna roll with Ohio State to cover the eight points. I don't know if they're gonna flat out win, but I'm gonna go with them to cover the eight. So my line of thinking was exactly the same as yours, Matt. I look at that snowman and I'm like, this could be just a touchdown game. Like very easily could just be a touchdown game. Um, but then again, like I'm I'm very torn on. It's a very difficult spread to pick. Um. But I know I'm trailing Matt, so I'm gonna go ahead and hitch my wagon to Ohio <laughs> State, so I don't. No lose one's it. catching Matt. Well, I don't know. You I didn't don't even read know the records, so. 
So I it no, sucks. We're, we're, we're gonna start picking NBA games. So, so I I so blew our chance up. to catch Matt because we haven't done picks. Past so we did, we, weeks. Yeah, usually, we missed like two weeks of picks. Usually, usually when we go on <laughs> twenty games. <laughs> usually when we go on hiatus, I still do picks, but I was very lazy around the holidays, so we just didn't do picks. Um, so Matt has a commanding five game lead in first place, seventy three and fifty two on the season. Very very good, close to six hundred. Um, I am. In second place, uh, also doing okay, 68 and 57, not great, but respectable. AJ is the last of us over 500 in third place by a handful of games. And then Ryan and Don are duking it out for last place. Ryan, by just a game, is in last right now. Seven games back of 500. Did you say that that Matt had a five-game lead? On me. You so you have you're 67. He's 72. So you could catch up if you just I, I, if you just picked opposite of Matt every time. Or he has six. He has 73. He has 73. I have 68. Where am I at? You're 64. I mean, you're telling me there's, there's a chance. No, there are nine <laughs> games. Well, it's, no, there no. is. No, no, there is. If if you and Matt pick every game the same, there's going to be more than nine games. Like he has to pick every game wrong. It, Matt it would have happen. to pick every single game wrong yet. after batting almost 600 on the season. That's absurd. Well, well regardless of the record. He's like Miguel Cabrera in the playoffs. Even oh. if I can make it a little bit respectable, I'm still going to hitch my wagon to Matt on this one and not let him pick up a game on me. So I'm going to go with Ohio State right, to AJ. cover. All right. We're Ohio not any State Doug Petersons over here, Paul. Oh, my goodness. All right. I am. Respected. I mean, of course I'm torn, but I think the spread – it's funny. I think the spread is disrespectful while at the same time I thought the spread was going to be higher. I dead-ass expected the spread to be like 13 and a half. And had Ohio State not demolished Clemson the way they did, I think it would have been. That being said, like eight's a lot, and I'm hoping and praying for a much better title game than we've had the last few years. Um, last two years, really. Uh, the year before that was pretty good, Alabama, Georgia, but – I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go house hit on this one. If it was uh, six and a half, I would take Alabama, but eight's too much. I'm I'm gonna go with Ohio State, and that'll take us to the NFL. So we actually it's the game we talked about most about Indianapolis Buffalo. Um, we think it could be one of the better games. Vegas has Buffalo six and a half point favorite, almost a touchdown. Man, I'm I'm torn because when we were talking about it, and this is the part of the segment that's gonna be a little bit longer. I do think Buffalo is a way better team, but six and a half still feels like a lot, and it seems like the Colts are a ratty enough team to not even really be close, but still lose by six. I don't trust Philip Rivers. Uh, I do think that if Jonathan Taylor keeps up this hot streak, the Bills' run defense is vulnerable, and that's a way that the Colts could control the game. I just think the Bills have a much easier path to controlling the game and ultimately winning by, you know, about a touchdown. I don't like that hook, though, and I think if I pick against them, Phillip Rivers will come back to bite me once in the ass uh, again. So I am going to take the Colts to cover. I do think the Bills win it pretty easily, though. Uh, Yeah, I'm going with the Colts to cover based off of their running ability and the Bills not having a great run defense. Their defense abilities with running a zone that will make Josh Allen – 
not be able to just air it out on them again and again. It might have to be a little more patient while the Colts don't really have a guy to just stick with the Stephon Diggs the entire game. I think overall their game plan is going to be making the Bills work for it, which I think works in the Colts' favor as far as staying within the six and a half points. Uh, again, I'm with Ryan on this one. I don't think the Colts flat out win, but I think they stay inside the six and a half. So I'll go with Indianapolis. Ryan's just on that Josh Allen hit, though. So I... I didn't say anything I'm bad looking at this, and, and I do like Buffalo more than Indianapolis. Uh, I, I trust Allen more than I trust Phillip Rivers because we've had that discussion about Phillip Rivers and all that. We don't have to get back into that. However, however... But she didn't pick him. I do think that Cole Beasley being out is going to play a significant portion of this game because that, like, that ability to, for him to go to... Beasley when Diggs is not available, uh, get that extra possession and keep moving, keep drives alive. I think that's going to play a significant point in this. I think Buffalo wins the game, but I'm going to take Indianapolis to cover by um, this six and a half. Cover the six and a half. I I do think you are spot on that the absence of Cole Beasley may be very noticeable. He is. Definitely one of the more underrated receivers in the NFL. He's really, really good. Mm-hmm. I look for, hopefully, John Brown to step up in his absence and really be that secondary option after Diggs. I want to see Buffalo get the running game going more. Devin Singletary has to be the most underutilized player in football. Like, he is super good, and they just don't feed him. And keep Zach Moss trash ass on the bench and control the game. Don't just live on the huge plays. Control the game start to finish. That's what I want to see Buffalo be able to do that against a good football team. And I think they do. I- I'm picking Buffalo in this one. I'm sorry, AJ, you picked Indianapolis, right? I did. So that makes me the only one taking Buffalo. I think they can for sure win this game by a touchdown. I think this is where Buffalo takes the next step. I think this is where Buffalo proves that they're for real. I mean, a 13-win campaign and Josh Allen playing the way that he played obviously goes a long way towards that. But this is where, I mean, they're still playing on Wild Card Weekend, even with 13 wins. So I think this is where, although it's a little bit unfair. Because in a traditional year. Right. Traditional they year, would they have, wouldn't have. They would have had a buy. So it's a little bit unfair. They kind of got screwed on that one. But I think this is where they really start to cement themselves as a contender going forward. Um, and I think they take care of business handily in this game. I'm sorry, Matt. We get one pick. One pick only. This is bullshit. This is, There's a big difference this, if you're starting quarterbacks playing or not. I don't think it Listen, really We don't know if he's playing or not. Here's the game. thing. You can we say should be it allowed to make it. You can say it on cast so that you can at least say I was smart enough to understand the difference between golf and no golf. Damn right, I'm but it two is picks. not going to count. It's you gotta you gotta say which one is for picks. So I and Why? I would do so know. with the assumption I would do so with the assumption that golf will play but might be bothered. Uh, that's how I would go into this game. I very much think golf will play. And let's be honest, even golf at 100% does not instill the greatest amount of confidence in the world, at least in me. Uh, But the Rams probably have a better overall team than Seattle. Seattle's favored by five. 
they're at home. They're at home. They're at home without fans. They're at home. So there is no 12th they're man. At, yeah, that's yeah. true. They're, they're at, but it's the comfort, the confines of your own palace. The uh, comfort Seattle's of 40 degree rainy weather. Five, five point favor. It's going to be cold. It's going to be, it might be, it's supposed to be cold, I think. I didn't check the weather support. It's going to really bother the surger dumb of Jared Goff. A five point did favorite. Did you say surgered? Yes, I did. Is that, yes. that's not even a word. Uh, I say a Probably lot of words way. that aren't words. No you but okay. you are literally, actually, you are no, no, the Michael Scott of our podcast because you just make up stuff. <laughs> but you know what it means. The surgicalized. It doesn't have to be a real word. I'm not for you superstitious. I'm just and a little stitious. <laughs> that's okay. That's one of the best lines in TV history. That one it right there. I love so that one. It's pretty fantastic. Yeah. No, uh, who are you picking, Matt? <laughs> or, no, it's Ryan's Ryan. Why is Matt I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Uh, I'm just so excited <laughs> to hear uh, Matt talk out both sides. I, uh, I am going to pick Seattle, and I, I like the Rams. And when we had Dylan on here, I think the last podcast, uh, he was talking about you know how the Rams could go to the Super Bowl, and I think he actually picked them. Obviously, you don't have 100% Jared Goff. Even if you did have 100% Jared Goff, I still don't know that I'd pick the Rams. I would obviously feel a little bit better about it. I do think that this is a week that we get a more complete Seattle effort. Last time they played, Ramsey did a good job on DK Metcalf. I think he'll do less of a good job this time. Um, so I do expect them, Russ and DK, to be able to connect for a, a couple more plays than they were last time. And then you still always have Tyler Lockett waiting in the cut. You have guys like Chris Carson, you know, DJ Dallas, Carlos Hyde, like down by the end zone if you if you want to get a little tricky with it. Um, so I do expect Seattle to, to win this game by a touchdown. I feel more confident that they're going to cover than I did Buffalo, obviously, even though I think Buffalo is better than Indiana at a higher level than Seattle is better than the Rams. Um, I just think the Seattle, uh, I just think the Seahawks have a better chance of controlling this game. So I'm going to pick them to cover the spread. I am going under the assumption that Jared Goff is playing, that Cooper cup is playing, that Robert Woods is playing. And with all of that assumption, along with the defense of Aaron Donald and Jalen Ramsey, that, Seattle's going to have a hard time moving the ball offensively against that defense. And while Seattle's defense has been better as of late, I think all of those weapons will help the Rams keep it within this spread. I'm going to stick with my road dogs covering right now. If Jared Goff is not playing, all of this goes out the window and I'm going with Seattle. (laughs) But the assumptions that I have, I am going with the Rams to cover this spread. Um, I was thinking that golf playing or not playing would make a difference. And then I started thinking, I don't think it's going to make that big of a difference. Um, I think it's going to come down, especially, you know, you got rain coming on Friday, rain coming on Sunday. It's going to be about 46 degrees. I looked up the weather just so I could know because ESPN can't, you know, apparently put that together in their uh, preview. So I, I think a lot of, this is going to come down to who can control the ball on offense. Can Russell Wilson extend drives with his legs through their running game uh, and and by completing passes to obviously Metcalf, their tight ends, and, and Lockett? Um, I trust Russell Wilson more than I trust Jared Goff, even if Goff is fully healthy. I trust 
Seattle's run game more than I trust Los Angeles's run game at this point. So I'm going to go with Seattle to cover um, this spread. I want to pick the Rams so bad. I do. It's it's the classic team is better than a quarterback, right? Like, it's more important to have the team. I think Russ is going to be a lot better than he's been for most of this year. He's super, super, super good quarterback who has had a lot of uncharacteristic struggles this year. A lot of uncharacteristic struggles this year. He's played better as of late. Yeah, he's played better later than he did at the beginning. Yeah, he he had a real rough stretch there where he just wouldn't stop throwing picks and keep throwing picks. But (laughs) the last time these two teams met, Russ didn't play that good. And Goff did play. And Seattle still won by 11. So it's like, man, this is a playoff game. And the thing I like about the playoffs, and I, it's the one thing, you'd think the picks get harder because the games get tighter. But I think you see the teams more for who they really are. You see the true potential of each team come out for the most part. And you don't have as much up-down as you have throughout the regular season. And that's where I think Seattle's going to shine. And then, of course... If Goff plays, who, by the way, is not very good. I don't know if anyone knows, but Jared Goff, not a top 10 NFL quarterback. No, definitely not. Now he has to deal with maybe he's 100%, maybe he's 80%. I don't know. Maybe He's definitely not 100%. Game. Man had surgery on a broken, dislocated thumb December 28th. Oh, Don got his picks into me, by the way. So as we resume the picks, I'm going to run down... Don's the three that we've picked that Don did. I did not mention Don's yet real quick. Uh, Don is taking Alabama. He is taking Indianapolis and he is taking the LA Rams. Uh, so, so we're only differentiated on one. You and Don. Yes. Just the last one. Just the last one. We've only done three so far. Uh, We're going to the ugly game is next. And we talked about the NFC is not giving us great games this week. Tampa Bay is a six and a half point favorite over Washington. I do think it'll be an ugly game, and I do think Washington's defense can get to Tom Brady, which would make the Buccaneers' offense uh, really sluggish. The thing I love about the Bucks' offense, though, and why I am going to pick them to cover the six and a half, is Tom Brady getting Antonio Brown more involved. I think he's the best receiver on that team, which says a lot when you have Mike Evans and you have Chris Godwin. But if just now Antonio Brown is starting to develop that connection with Tom Brady, that adds really a whole new wrinkle to the offense that not only we haven't seen, but defenses haven't really seen from the Bucks. If Antonio Brown is going to be, you know, basically like a number one option. And I expect them to get Gronk a little more involved in, in the playoffs as well. So I do think it's an ugly game. I do think the Washington defense can have some success. I just don't know about the offense, and I don't know that uh, that their defense is enough to stop the Pat- or the Patriots, the Buccaneers, from scoring like 20 points. And if they get to 20, I don't really expect Washington to uh, get more than like 10. So I am going to pick the, the Bucks to cover this game, even though I don't feel super confident about it. This is interesting because Tampa Bay, defensively, run game, very good. Passing game, not as good. Washington has some offensive talent on the end. 
I mean, you got a really good tight end in Logan Thomas, who's had a having a you know baller year for them. McLaurin's good, McKissick good. If Alex Smith can get the ball to them, they can cause some damage. Tom Brady's got weapons, <laughs> and I. After we make our picks, I want to have a talk. We we haven't talked about this at all, but Antonio Brown sneaking back into the league during COVID might have been the best thing that ever happened for Antonio Brown with the whole COVID situation because there's been no spotlight whatsoever on Antonio Brown getting back into the league at the perfect time for the Tampa Bay Bucks to help them make a run towards the Super Bowl. Uh, with it being six and a half, I think Tampa Bay wins by a touchdown. So I'm going to go with Tampa Bay. I won't be surprised if Washington does keep it close. Um... Uh, they have a damn good defense, and they can cause some problems. But Tom Brady's got a bunch of weapons, and he's been used to getting rid of the ball quick his whole career. And with all the weapons he has to get rid of it, too, Gronk's having a better second half of the season than, than the first half by far. And, you know, if Mike Evans is healthy and comes back for this game, healthy enough, it's just ridiculous the weapons that Tom Brady has to throw the ball to. So how do you not go with Washington in this position with a hook of six and a half? A touchdown covers it. I got to go with the Bucks. Yeah, I'm um, I'm on that train too. I Washington is the best of the worst division in football, which is not saying much. And they're basically gifted that position Sunday night by Doug Peterson. So do they truly even deserve to be here? No, they don't. Um, even though they did win their division, so I, I get all that. Um, but I, I, I think Tampa Bay is too loaded, and I understand the the defensive line of Washington is is good, um, and probably can get to Tom Brady, but I don't think they'll be a difference maker uh, to the point where they they'll cover the spread. So I'm on Tampa Bay as well. Matt said. Uh... I don't know how you don't pick Washington. I'm picking the Bucks, and I thought that was hilarious. Obviously, I misspoke. Um, oh, did I say Washington? Jesus Christ! Yeah, it yeah. Was, so I, that's your I pick. You're locked Bay. into it. Uh, no, definitely. Chalk, <laughs> chalk another game picked up for Riley. Um, and I, I mentioned it, and then it kind of got glossed over, and then I thought AJ responded to it, but apparently, he didn't. Because uh, no one heard me because my mic was muted. But that's all right. Um, I actually thought we'd have a lot more diversity in this pick especially the way Washington defense is played and especially the way Washington's defensive line plays, which that's how Tampa Bay loses. Um, you get, for real, it's like your defensive line owning the game and boom, Tampa's done. Um, one thing, and I, I'm glad on one hand, but also sad that Matt mentioned it because I was going to be the one to mention it and he stole my thunder. Um, how the hell have we gone two hours or however long we've been podcasting without mentioning Antonio Brown's name. That's like, what I'm saying. We like we have not talked at all about the fact that we Antonio were talking Brown about is back in it's, this. I and I okay, so you know what I'm more upset. I mean I I, I mentioned it before. More Madden, upset just to be clear. That not on the podcast, but I brought it up in chat and it got completely ignored. Antonio Brown is just back. Like he's back. He not might he's not clear cut best receiver in the NFL pack, but he is elite NFL receiver back to me anyway. Antonio Brown is really starting to get back to really good Antonio Brown, and I thought it was very interesting. So obviously they played together for a little bit in New England, a very brief stint, but even after everything went down, AB and Tom Brady they like had a connection. In the offseason, when Antonio Brown was acting a fool 
And Tom Brady wasn't staying in New England. And before he even like Throwing dicks picked people. another yeah, right? But even then, Antonio Brown is like, when I come back, I'm playing for Tom Brady. Like he said that multiple times in the offseason. And then Bruce Arians goes out and is like, we are not signing Antonio Brown. He's just like straight up in a presser. We're not signing Antonio Brown. Stop asking. You know, like a liar. Yeah, like a liar. Well, he, I very much would go to bat that he meant every word of what he said about signing Antonio Brown. The problem is Tom Brady has a little more pull than Bruce Arians right now in that organization. And Tom Brady went to bat for Antonio Brown and said, we're signing him. Like, I don't care. We're signing Antonio Brown. So they did. And it took him a while to get back and get integrated into the team. It's been a really quiet year for Antonio Brown. And I don't just mean on the field. I mean, there's been no locker room controversy. There's been no clashing with teammates. There's been no clashing with coaches, at least that we've heard of, right? Like we haven't publicly heard of any of this stuff coming out. There hasn't been, to my knowledge, any off the field issues. It's just been Antonio Brown kind of quietly going to work, almost Patriot way-like, and doing his thing with Tom Brady, but not doing a lot until late in the season. And now late in the season, Antonio Brown's starting to look a lot more like... Antonio Brown. <laughs> Antonio Brown, yes. Yeah. And right, like like Hall of Fame receiver Antonio Brown. Right. Because those so, were the numbers he was putting up before he went off the rails. And you cap the season with a double-digit catch, like 150 yards, I don't know the exact numbers, and a couple touchdowns. And it's against the Falcons, who's passing And a quarter-million-dollar bonus. But Exactly, oh, so you know bonus. Antonio Brown is on cloud nine. Like, he's going into the playoffs. Like, yeah, I just paid off another lawsuit. And you have Antonio Brown. <laughs> right. You have <laughs> You have Chris Godwin. You have Mike Evans. You have Scott Miller as your fourth option, dude. Scotty Godding Miller is your fourth option. Like, and I know not can, a lot of people. Do you, do you remember, like, a better fourth option on a team? Never. Like, in ever. the world, ever. <laughs> like... Can you remember a better third option than Mike Evans? Like, like Mike Evans is your third option, right? Wait, how did point? Mike Evans become the third option? Well, isn't he? Is that wrong? Godwin's I... better than him. Even though I think Mike Evans might lead the NFL in touchdowns. But that's because I think there were two separate games where he had like two catches, two touchdowns. Well, that's like, that Here's the thing. He, was he literally, like, menace. Brady literally has 1A, 1B, 1C for wide receivers. I guess then, it might be it might be a and, little And then you have Gronk on have, tight end on one right, side. You still have it, Gronk. <laughs> and Scott it, it Miller on the other like Jesus. It might be a little unfair to Mike Evans cuz he before the last game he had like 16 catches for 300 yards over the two before that. So but I mean so who's the third option? Antonio fucking Brown? That's what I'm saying. Like who is the like, right, like but, is it Godwin? Is it like it like, depends on the right, game? Even if you're like it's Godwin, like that's still the best. So third really, option. so your like, third option is ju- your option order is just dependent on how the other team picks to defend them. Your like, that's one, it. two, three are that. ones on almost every other team in the NFL. Oh yeah. Now for sure. you don't have I uh, their tight ends have been even though they have a ton of them that are solid. Haven't been crazy involved in the pass game. There's only one ball to go around. Like, you can only complete so many passes in a football game. 
but they but, really do have an embarrassment of receiving riches. Now, but, but I've been on it's record. It's still you've Gronk. Got a game plan for when it you, is. When you it is. You still have Gronk. Listen, Gronk. He's Gronk said. Gronk. Like, Gronk even, said. Even if he's a decoy. Like Gronk said, said I'm here decoy. to block, okay? Which they need. Like, that's – it's so perfect that he's – think about this. Rob freaking Gronkowski, and even at this point in his career, is willing to just come in and do the dirty work. Yeah. Just, he's fine like, with that. He doesn't get hurt as much doing that. This is like – I – they have holes. Tampa Bay is not perfect. I want no, them definitely to win not. the Super Bowl so bad. Their, pa- their past Tom defense Brady is has literally. This is Tom Brady and his boys, like, trying to go out and win one last Super Bowl. And it's, like, incredible to me. And it's, like, so fun to watch. Their pass defense has been not great. Not great. But I don't think that's going to matter against Washington. Uh, If you had a better quarterback, no offense to Alex Smith, but at this point in his career, he's not great. And, yeah, Terry McLaurin can do some damage. and dunk. They can. And Terry he McLaurin has can the weapons with Logan Thomas, McKissick. They have the weapons to dink and dunk, eat up clock, have long drives, and keep Tom Brady on the sideline. The only way Washington stays in this game is if their defensive line goes New York Giants on them. Right. It's the only way. So what they have to do, they have to literally make it to where the offense can't function because they are blowing up the line of scrimmage that bad. And that is, that's going to be, so Tampa Bay's defense is going to give up points. But I think if they get that far, Tampa Bay's Super Bowl run is dependent on their offensive line, how well they hold up. Because if they hold up at an above average level, you, how do you stop this offense? Unless Brady's arm falls off, like, how do you stop with all of the weapons? How do you stop this offense? It's an Tampa Bay's O line has had some issues at times as well, though. It has. That's what I. But that's, that's what I'm saying. And that's where you're going to have, you know, if they don't. And that's where the issue is. But the thing is, if they implode, and Washington's defensive line has an otherworldly game, they could win the game. You know what I mean? Like it wouldn't they be yeah. if yeah, Washington's defensive line Super went insane, game. and Tampa Bay literally couldn't do anything on yeah, offense. You get it. You get, no you get McLaurin loose for a couple. Antonio Gibson gets going. I mean, the, the, no what, one what is shocked. Alex Smith? He's a game manager. You're asking him right now to go out and throw five and seven yard passes all day against a secondary that's not that good. So, like, if that were to happen, no one would be shocked if Tampa lost this game. So at this point, it's like, all right, Tampa Bay could win by 30 or they could lose. And I hate that. I have to go, like all of you did, because this is a unanimous pick with what I think is most likely to happen. And I think there's too many weapons to contain all game long. And I think Washington isn't good enough on offense. And I I can't trust that their defensive line for 60 whole minutes is going to ravage Tampa Bay that bad to keep this game within a touchdown. So like you guys, I have to pick Tampa Bay. And God, I want to see peak AB, man. I want AB to own this playoffs. Like I am so ready for it. Someone that is not that going to own the playoffs. Jerry Rice, like, playoff run. Someone that has not owned the playoffs is your favorite person in the universe, Ryan. And if he puts up another lackluster performance as the favorite, I think you're going to have to find a new bandwagon. Lamar Jackson. Now, in his defense, I don't I know how the favorite in this I got, game. I got Kyler in the tuck. You got what? Go ahead. So I got Kyler in the tuck. Lamar Jackson and the Baltimore Ravens are three-point road favorites over Tennessee. 
And man, I feel like I'm just living deja vu over and over again. And I don't know why Baltimore's favored in this game. You guys are going to tell me why. I think Ryan may be. Well, I don't even. I don't even trust Ryan to pick them. Ryan, are you picking Baltimore? Uh, so I am. I I would tell you I would not if it was three and a half, like I saw on on the CBS when I was looking at it. Just because I think they win, and I think if you win, you can win by one or two. I think you kind of have to win by three. <laughs> Just it's more as like likely. an NFL rule. It's more likely. But man, like. So the the first thing I'll say about Lamar and his playoff, you know, foibles, I do think they've been a bit overblown only because he's it's two years in the league and he went to the playoffs, obviously, both years. I don't know how well you usually expect a rookie to do. Um, so the rookie year, you kind of throw out last year, he had 500 yards. He, I think he had like three turnovers too. Absolutely not good. And his, uh, his receivers dropped eight passes. So... A kind of a mixed bag, probably an overall not great performance, but I don't think I, – I think it's a little bit overblown to just say, oh, like he's a playoff choker after two playoff performances in his first two years. <clears throat> this is the year I do think you see it a little bit. They already did play the Raven, or the Titans, and they went to overtime with them. They ended up losing in overtime after Derrick Henry ran wild. I do think they're going to win by three, so I would like the three and a half way more than, than, I, than I like the three. One thing I do think benefits the Ravens in a weird way, and it's not some, like, galaxy brain or new take because I have heard it other places, and I was kind of mad because I thought I thought it was something that was specific to me, is last year they went into the playoffs. I think they were, like, 14-2. and two. So they're riding high. They probably don't think anybody can beat them, and then you do get smacked in the mouth by the Ravens. This year they've already had that adversity, um, which I not do think Ravens, helps them yeah. come playoff time where – because they're what, like 11 and 5, right? Yeah. So they've already had the adversity. There was even a chance that they could miss the playoffs, um, you know, the last like three-ish weeks of the season. So I do think that it's a team that is a little bit uh, – that they're probably a little bit more focused this time coming in. Uh, Lamar, over the last like half of the season, the last six weeks or so, has looked better throwing the ball downfield. And I do think that can help you against a Tennessee pass defense that really isn't that great. I worry about how their defense can contain Derrick Henry because they've shown over and over they cannot do that. Um, But they went, I mean, obviously they played Buffalo last year and Lamar had a great stats game, but turned the ball over, which you can't do or you're going to lose in the playoffs, which we saw. And then, again, this year is an overtime game. So I do think the teams are more or less kind of evenly matched. And it is it is with my with my heart as well, where I just hope that Lamar and the Ravens can at least get over that hump. Because um, if they win this game, then they have to play Kansas City, which <laughs> which you don't want to do either. Um, but I do, I do expect and I do think the Ravens will win this game. I do think it's a close game, and I guess I can't take a push. But I, I guess I'll just take the Ravens to cover um, because I hope they win by, by more than three, even though I do think they'll win by exactly three. Last time these two met in the playoffs, it was ugly. 28-12 to 12, ugly for the Ravens. Different Ravens squad. This Ravens squad, they're starting to kind of gel a little bit more. You're seeing more of a flow between, you know, Lamar and J.K. Dobbins, Lamar and Marquise Brown. Uh, the defense has looked better as of late. And they're going to need it <laughs> to look really good uh, if you're going to slow down the rushing king in Derrick Henry this year. Uh, 
This is uh, everything Ryan said. I completely agree with. This is such a hard one to pick. I'm gonna pick Tennessee because I want to see Tennessee versus Kansas City in the next round. Um, which does that still happen or no? It's the lowest seeded team that goes to right? lowest seed against the highest seed. And they're this is the four five matchup. Yeah, and they're the four. So if Buffalo wins as the two, then they would still take Kansas. Well. No, because the Browns could Buffalo be the Steelers. Steelers. So yeah, so it would still work out. We end up being Buffalo and Pittsburgh in the second round if they both win, and it'll be Titans and yeah. Kansas City in the second round. Okay, yeah. so I so this does so this does work for my heart. Good. Okay, I'm picking Tennessee <laughs> because I want to see Tennessee versus Kansas City because I want to see Kansas City, who has been off for all these weeks, now just turn it on because it's the playoffs and see how they do it when they have to stop Derrick Henry defensively. So I'm going to go with the Titans. I think it's going to be probably the best game of the weekend. Um, and if it's not, it's the second best game. And either way, I think we're happy. So I'm going to run with the Titans. Yeah. I it's a tricky game to pick um, for every reason mentioned above. I I don't know. At the end of the day, I, I think I trust Tennessee with Tannehill and Henry more than I trust anything Lamar can do. Um, and I think Tennessee is good enough to make, Lamar beat him with his arm, and I just don't think that he has that in him. So I'm going to go with Tennessee here for the outright win. I don't think either of these teams are as good as they were last year. I think Baltimore's drop-off has been a lot more. Tennessee hasn't dropped off that much. It's It's been a small drop-off for Tennessee. Baltimore, I, I, I mean, almost remiss to call it a drop-off because they're kind of more just returning to normalcy. Um, Lamar kind of being shown for what he is, a running back, not a quarterback. It is what it is. Um, they have, they're hard to prepare for. One thing that is going in Baltimore's favor that nobody mentioned, I don't know why, uh, JK Dobbins is coming on and he was like Ryan's favorite person in the world. And he really wanted us to draft him. Um, we didn't because we never draft anybody that we want to draft. <laughs> uh, it's just how it goes. It's, it is what it is. But J.K. Dobbins, his finally, they finally realized that he is their best running back. Um, and he's really coming on strong for them. And that's going to be huge. If they can get things going with him, that, that helps Lamar even more than the traditional quarterback. So you say, yeah, the running game helps the quarterback. But it helps the option as well. So when, when you're not reliant on Lamar running because you're punishing them with J.K. Dobbins. That opens Lamar's running more. Now they're super worried about both of you running. Now that opens up all of your RPOs. So now you can hand it off, you can keep it, or you can throw it. Like, it is very difficult to defend when it's executed at a high level. The problem is it hasn't been executed at that high of a level. And Lamar has missed too many guys that have been schemed open. On top of that... It is defensible. You've seen it, especially earlier in the season. It was one of the most textbook defensive performances on the year of stopping all the RPOs, all of their option plays. Pittsburgh put on a clinic on how to stop this offense. Tennessee's already been here and done that. And they are so capable of controlling the game with their uber-efficient offense that just takes the ball, doesn't give it back, and keeps scoring. Tennessee's just a better team. And I have the better team at home in their three-point dog. 
Vegas is nuts or I'm nuts. One of us is out of our goddamn mind. I'm taking Tennessee all day in this one. I actually think this is a really easy pick. Yes, I see a path to victory for Baltimore, but I don't know how you could possibly back them with the points here. It's the the, the highest over-under, too, the 54-and-a-half. Which is crazy. And someone... Which is crazy to me when they're rushing dominant teams, right? Like, you don't usually see that. Yeah. Rushing dominant teams, absorb time of possession. Usually they have on the lower scoring end of the spectrum, but neither defense is crazy lights out and they're efficient offenses when they're moving. Uh, Don also has Tennessee. Ryan, you're on an Island on this one and maybe you make up a game. I know. And I, and I do think that it's the best game on the weekend. I know someone earlier said it was Brown Steelers. I think the Ravens and the Titans is going to be the best game. I, yeah, it, but obviously, because I think be, the Ravens are going to win. It, if you guys, if you guys think the Titans are going to blow them it's, out, it's I the closest game. It's the closest game spread wise, and it might be a little bit of bias against Lamar because I very much don't like him as an NFL quarterback. That I am not super hyped to watch this game, but I would say it has the best potential on the slate. I would say that for sure. Um, I just think the way Cleveland Pittsburgh is going to play out is going to be, I think maybe. I don't want to say classic. Classic's a little bit far. I think we're going to get a very good football game from them. I hope, anyway. I just want good NFL football. I told you, I wasn't that hype about the slate of games this week. A little bit on running back. So we talked about the running game a lot. I was curious, so I looked it up while you guys were talking. Um, J.K. Dobbins has been coming on really good as of late. Um, Him and DeAndre Swift have graded out pretty similar on the year. J.K. Dobbins a little bit better. Both of them miles and miles and miles behind Jonathan Taylor, who has been one of the best backs in all of football. And that makes me sad for obvious reasons, as we discussed on our draft cast last year, but we'll move on. Yeah. Like I love, we have the team that shouldn't be in the playoffs against, Um, and you know, Taylor had, uh, of course the huge opportunity when was it Marlon Mack went down in like week three ish. Uh, He's had, and I mean, credit to him. He's had a great year. He's averaging almost like five yards a carry. Yeah. He's been phenomenal. He's been awesome. Yeah, he's been great, and he's been uh, really good the last six. I don't weeks. know if it's half of the season At or like even last weeks, six yeah. weeks. Like he he's been he's been crazy good. Um, same thing with you know it's obviously the same thing with with Dobbins, and they're both super key important uh, important to their offense. And I like I think Swift's been good I, too. He's I just, just I can't believe how team. far Jonathan Taylor fell. You guys know I was pining for him at the end of the first round really bad. Uh, he, he's a complete back. He does literally everything, and he's fast. It's not like he right, he's fast as hell for running back. Like I, I don't understand everything that he proved in college, all of his measurables, all of his everything. Like he is just. I told you guys he was gonna be a star. Like period. He's a he's also star behind a top back. ten offensive line. Certainly helps. It does help. He does. Oh, for certain, he certainly has a good. It helps. He would like, not be putting I, up these I, I numbers in Detroit. Think Dobbins is, a, is Tennessee's. Like, is I still Tennessee's think Dobbins is a better player. But. Is Tennessee's offensive line bad? Is Baltimore's offensive line bad? Like, it's not like these other good backs are running behind bad offensive line. Now, I'll give Swift a pass. Um, <laughs> our run blocking, like, Taylor's not doing this in Detroit. Our run blocking against Tennessee's is incomparable. Or not Tennessee, sorry. Uh, Indianapolis is incomparable. So I'll give Swift a break on that. But I'm probably um, in Tennessee too. 
And even if they're not the best, no, one, obviously halfback relies on the offensive line a lot. But Jonathan Taylor's been awesome, and I'm just salty because we passed on him for yeah, no and, fucking reason. And really, all of them uh, have been awesome. But moving but on, Taylor's had the best year uh, I told you this team shouldn't be in the playoffs. They're here, anyways. We have well, we don't have to watch it. I'm not going to watch this game actually. Uh, Chicago is in the playoffs for whatever reason. Mitch Garboski and his. <laughs> It's amazing to me, and it's, it's going to be Pisky. hilarious. Oh, I'm sorry, my bad. It, it's I, I haven't even heard. It's going to be hilarious to me when the Lions are hiring Dylan's favorite person in the universe as their head coach. Jim Harbaugh. And no, 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 not Harbaugh. Stop, stop it. No, no, Salah. And Chicago's still stuck with Nagy. Like this is amazing. I love this so much. Uh, Chicago's in the playoffs at eight and eight. A far cry. You want to compare the seventh seed in each conference, Indianapolis to Chicago? Oh, my God. 11 good wins to eight garbage wins. My goodness. Uh, But New Orleans has question marks of their own, and for the first time in a long time, some of them are at quarterback. Should they be a a nine-and-a-half-point favorite in this game? That's a big number. The the Bears and the Colts did play, and the Colts did win by eight. It was an ugly game, though, 11-19. to Man. I don't think any playoff game should ever be 10. Like, 10 is so it's so high. Nine and a half. And, oh, nine and a half here. All right, 10 on CBS. That's, man, that's still high. So, out of safety, I think I'll just take Chicago. And out of reason, I do think that Chicago can make life more difficult for Breeze than, you know, he's probably used to. Uh, I do think they can do a better job of containing Kamara. He's not going to have, you know, six touchdowns on the ground like he did uh, in – in week 16 and I just think overall the Bears can devise a defensive game plan that can help keep them in the game you know respectable blowout territory almost like Alabama Ohio State it's not going to be enough to win but I do think it's going to be enough to keep it as like an eight-point game or a game where the Bears get the ball left with 30 seconds and they're down by eight and, you know, they got to go 70 yards, and you know it's not going to happen, but there's technically a chance. Um, so for all those reasons, I am going to pick the Bears to cover, but I feel pretty comfortable about this, the Saints winning. Okay, the last time Drew Brees took the field, he threw for three touchdowns and no interceptions. So you can take your questionable quarterback shit and throw it out the window. The Bears are getting dominated this weekend. They're going to have no problem shutting down the run because the Saints have a damn good defense. They have arrested Alvin Kamara, arrested Latavius Murray, and you actually have weapons for Drew Brees to throw to, which means they're defensively they're going to put the hand in Mitch through Pixie's hands, and he will do what he does, which is throw picks. And offensively, the Bears are not going to be able to stop what the Saints are doing. And this is going to be no trouble whatsoever. 17-point win, something like that, 34-17, because the Saints know what happens when they let an NFC North team hang around, Minnesota. They're not going to let the Bears hang around. They're going to take care of business and move on to the next round. Yeah, I'm I'm on the Saints bandwagon here. I have no more analysis to add other than the fact that Chicago shouldn't even be in the playoffs, and I don't think that they're going to be able to put together a game plan that's going to, one, get their offense in a position to score enough points to hang with New Orleans. So, give me New Orleans all day. Ryan likes being on islands tonight. I mean, he might pick up yeah. some games. I don't know. Like, he's been very right. against I'm the coming, green coming for, for the third, most Asia. part. For the most part, he's picking very different than us. Uh, Don, again, with us on New Orleans. I, I do think – no, I don't. I I don't know, man. <laughs> Chicago sucks. 
They do, honestly. <laughs> like, I've preached all year that they suck. They are, I said at the beginning of the year, they're bottom five NFL team. And I don't think that's out of the question still, although there are some truly abhorrent NFL teams that I've watched. Um, they're guaranteed a bottom 10 NFL team. Like, I'll take that absolutely to the bank. Yet somehow they find themselves in the playoffs because shit happens, I guess. Uh, they don't have a quarterback, and they don't have a lot of things. Like, yeah, their defense is pretty good, but it's not flawless. And on offense, they have David Montgomery. <laughs> And Allen Robinson. But Allen Robinson doesn't have a quarterback to give him the ball, so it doesn't matter. I mean, what are you going to do? The Saints are a super good football team. Like, period. They're just a really good football team. Every week, ironically, since this is the NFL, but uh, Bree should be getting a little healthier. Uh, I mostly said that for Dylan's benefit, Matt, although I do think there are some questions about Bree's. Um, he has not been at his best form for a multitude of reasons. But He I, broke I, 11 ribs! I... I said I, <laughs> 11. I didn't even know we had 11 ribs and he broke 11. I think actually, um, no, I not. It's not all his fault. It's just a multitude of reasons. He hasn't been at his best and uh, that could affect this game, but still I think new Orleans is too much. And I think Chicago just sucks too much. Um, and Dylan was very offended by it. He's like, Oh, we took him to like overtime or some shit earlier in the year or whatever he said. Um, no, I don't care. New Orleans is too much. Chicago is too garbage. And I said it a little bit before, right? Cream rises in the playoffs. Like this is where you get everyone's best and new Orleans best is just way better than Chicago's best. And I don't have to, it's not 10 and a half. It's nine and a half. They win by 10. They cover. So I'm going to take new Orleans on this one and I'm going to feel pretty good about it, even though it is a crazy high spread for the playoffs. And that brings us to AJ is thanking the Lord right now. Our last game, what we're going to close picks and the cast with, uh, this one is a rivalry that goes back for the ages, but Cleveland hasn't been able to hold up their end of the bargain for a long time, but they are here. They end the longest playoff drought in the NFL. Um, maybe professional sports. I don't know. I think it, I don't, it might just be the NFL, but very long playoff draw. Cleveland hasn't been here in forever. They might have a quarterback in Baker Mayfield. We're still kind of undecided on that, but they find themselves a six point dogs at Pittsburgh steel curtain. Man, this, this is like the ultimate big brother, little brother scenario. And in every single case, you're going to take the big brother. Six is a lot though for a Cleveland team that, that has been playing well. I just don't know that they get Pittsburgh off their back, but at the same time, it's like it's a grudge match and it's a rivalry game. So more so than any of these other games, there's like actual hatred, you know, between these teams. I, I think I probably picked too many favorites. So in, for that reason, I am going to go with uh, with Cleveland. I don't think Big Ben is as good as it used to be. I like the way Baker's playing. Um, I think Nick Chubb these last couple weeks, you know, we talked about Jonathan Taylor being, uh, you know, really good and the rest of these rookie running backs. Nick Chubb has been really outstanding lately. And oh, he's amazing always. Is, is not as good as it was earlier in the year just because they lo- just because they've lost a couple pieces. Um, it's still a good unit, but not like, you know, not this elite, elite unit that, uh, that you know, we maybe thought, um, through week seven or eight or whatever it was. Um, so I am going to take Cleveland to, to cover the six here. I expect Pittsburgh to win the game, uh, but I do think Baker and the boys will put up a fight. And I actually think this might be the highest scoring game that we see on the slate. And it has the, the second biggest over-under. <clears throat> no, it doesn't. It has the third biggest. I like 28-2-1. 
That is Ben Roethlisberger's record against the Cleveland Browns for his career. What that is doesn't... his spread record against the Cleveland Browns, though? Because <laughs> we're not. I, I'm willing to bet his winners. spread record against the Browns is 25, 5, and 1. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Because Pittsburgh's been good for a long time, Cleveland's been bad for a long time. Cleveland's getting better, but Pittsburgh showed them nothing last week to let them get into the postseason. Ben didn't play. The offense rested. The defense rested. They were not doing much out of the playbook, and now it counts. Now it matters. It's in Pittsburgh. It's against the rival that they love to beat the ever-living shit out of, and I think they're going to prove it again this weekend. Give me the Steelers with a double-digit win. Yeah, I don't... I don't... It's been such a, like, Jekyll and Hyde situation with Pittsburgh, given the circumstances of their season, right? Like, it seemed like every team they played had some kind of COVID outbreak because they didn't want to play Pittsburgh. They were the last undefeated team, and then they looked really bad for, was it, like four games in a row? Um, Did these teams just play in Week 17? And Cleveland won, yeah, right? The Steelers rested everything. Like 26-24, something like that, with they Mason Rudolph at won. quarterback. And yeah, with everybody. Nobody yeah. playing for Pittsburgh. And Cleveland needed the game, didn't they? Yeah, yeah they did. Cleveland needed a win to get like in. Like bad, yeah. Dang, man. I don't know. I'm going to – this is going to be where I defer from Matt to try and pick up a game and go Cleveland. Um just because if, if Pittsburgh is not clicking on offense, it's going to be way too close for comfort uh, for them, and I think Cleveland stays within that touchdown deficit. So I'm going to go Cleveland. Try and pick up a gain. Cleveland, much like the Lions a handful of years ago, is the perfect example how one bad decision can slam your window of opportunity shut. Are you about to use this pick to go into your tirade again about OBJ? <laughs> shut up. Because we've heard this like 15 times. <laughs> if they don't they make Dylan in on the if they don't make that godforsaken trade, <laughs> Cleveland is a Super Bowl contender today. Well, they are. You, and, you know. You and know going what the real forward, pride of their franchise was, was getting rid of Jabril Peppers. In going forward, you gave up two good starters, an offensive lineman and a safety, very good starters, plus picks for the privilege to overpay the shit out of a receiver. Worst, least valuable position in football, by the way, who you are better without. That is how you tank your window and be the poverty franchise that you are. The Lions did this. The Lions just did this a few years ago. We were in the same kind of position. We were like, nope, we're going to pick Ebron and hire Jim Caldwell instead of winning at the Super Bowl. That's what separates the Steelers of the world from the Cleveland Browns of the world. Even with the injuries, which is what prevents Pittsburgh from being a true contender this year, by the way. They, they're healthy and, and they're up there. They're not. They're not quite there. They're not going to win a Super Bowl this year. You throw Stafford on this team, they might win a Super Bowl this year. So then I have to ask myself, okay, so I'm admitting the quarterback might hold them back a little because Big Ben is not what he once was. But do you really think the difference between 
current Big Ben and current Baker Mayfield is that great? Even though Big Ben's a little washed, do we think that Baker Mayfield elevates his team that much more than Big Ben? And to that, I have to say, no, I don't right now. And I look at Pittsburgh as just a better team. We just touched on the fact that Cleveland, with their season on the line, barely beat them with Mason Rudolph, the quarterback, and everyone else sitting. I can't justify picking Cleveland. I can't. I mean, the spread would have to be double digits for me to pick Cleveland, and it's not. It's six points. Pittsburgh wins by a touchdown and moves on. Game over. And it's just me and Matt. Like, I feel like I'm in crazy world because Don, AJ, Ryan, you're all on Cleveland. I had a specific reason, though. Uh, that's fair. That's true. I'll, yeah, I'll give you that. I, I picked too many favorites, so I had to switch it up. <laughs> Playing those odds. <laughs> I, I got to take Pittsburgh right. here. I'm with Matt, and I think you guys, is deep down, you know you should be with Pittsburgh too. And that can close, that's it. That's wild card weekend. I'm a little – the cool thing is I after doing this, I'm a little more excited for it than I was at least. Oh, good. I mean, there is some fun matchups. They're all on the AFC side, really. They're um, at least interesting for the most and part. And if – Washington and Tampa Bay is interesting just because of dynamics of who, what shows up and, you know, there's strengths versus weaknesses on both sides, more on, more on Tampa Bay's side, but it's a vital one on the Washington side that if that O-line can't keep Tom Brady clean, it changes the entire game. So there's definitely some interest in watching that game for sure. And, you know, maybe we'll get proven wrong on some of them. Not the Saints and the Bears though. That's a beatdown. <laughs> so that is it, Ryan. <clears throat> Do the thing. Hey, yo. So once again, rest in peace, MF Doom. Uh, but after you're done mourning the, the the great lyricist, make sure that you guys like, share, and subscribe uh, our podcast, Sports Carnage. You can find it on YouTube. You can find it on um, Podbean, Apple iTunes, obviously the, the podcast versions of it. And then make sure that you like our Facebook and our Twitter for more content. Man, you ain't even going to throw out rest in peace, Midge Pinciotti, huh? That's just messed up. Uh, Listen, you, you only twice. get one you only get one a show and he already used his at the beginning of the show <laughs> for paul roshan for paul roshan ryan griffin aj riley i'm matt bass and we're sports carnage thank you for spending a couple hours with us this week happy new year to all we'll be back with y'all next week also rest in peace the capital and democracy <laughs> oh, <geez. laughs>